and we know it and i feel I fine i feel tired it's been a long weekend i feel tired too it has been a long weekend how I'm are good. you sir? how are you i am good and tired i had a long weekend of we had the uh, state finals for esports for the for all the high schools and so we were busy running that you're good and tired and winning trophies and medals and stuff <laughs> So good and tired, good and tired. So, um, yeah, so we're on a new Nurky episode three. So I guess we should start off with introductions. If you've never watched before, if you're just joining us from this new one, um, well, welcome to every man's guide to nerddom. We are two 30 to 40 something year olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris and I'm Kyle and you guys may know us, um, Possibly from online on the Twitches as Giver. That's maybe uh, it's Chris over. Hey, I'm gonna do this every time. Chris over there, 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 and uh, Kasig. There, there, yeah. there. there. <laughs> and Kasig, that's me. There. <laughs> there. We uh, we stream on the Twitches. Uh, we'll have links to all of our fun stuff plus the uh, the Discord for the podcast in the bio down below. So make sure you go check those out. And um, I tend to stream off and on Monday through Saturday. Chris is usually there with us at least on Saturday when we do our spooky Saturday roundup of playing random Play horror Saturday. games. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. You guys come check it out. Yeah. Once we get a little more free time, hopefully, you know, we'll be doing more than once to twice a week. But mm -hmm. I'm there. I'm there. Usually I'm the one dying first. Um, usually when it's Harry leading the damn creep <laughs> saying hey look and then harry hides in the bushes yeah playing a labyrinth that, this last weekend that, that was that was fun that bastard that rat bastard harry rat bastard so yeah episode three falcon and the winter soldier um this one is called the power broker we get deeper into i want to say this is only six episodes so this is going to be coming fast and furious from here on yeah. out. I think I don't think I don't think there's going to be any more slow parts. No, and this was a pretty high-paced episode. So it, I mean, it kind of hit from the beginning. So I'm hitting play. Just dive right into it. Oh, I'll probably do that. Of course, of course, we start off the recap. So I'm going to go forward, forward, forward till after we get to. Um, cause we let off with them saying, we're going to go see Baron Zemo. He knows everything mm -hmm. about Hydra. So we get to the title sequence and then we get to <clears throat> one of those cheesy, like Propecia herpes commercials. Those are two entirely different things. You know what? Is <laughs> your, your hair falling out I and your that... genitals itch? Because. <laughs> you know what? They may go to the same company. And what if the guy was tired like us and then, uh, or girl, lady, mm -hmm. who was doing these commercials and then just edited them together? 
My hair is falling out and my genitals itch. Now I have a full head of hair and I can ride a bike again. <laughs> Thank you, Pro Erpies. Erpel? Pro Erpel? Pro Erpel. So it's a commercial for the Global Repri what is it? Repatriation. Repatriation Council. Repatriation. Yeah. Not reparation. Repatriation. I can't read. Kid can't yeah. even read. Words. Uh, the Bird GRC words. words. <laughs> Rural. Rural. Mm -hmm. So, and it's it's just like one of these little commercials. And, you know, they hit on this last time. Um, that this is why Flag Smasher is doing what they're doing is because of this. Yeah. They're saying that this place is just it's just evil like they're not actually helping people they're helping the people who shouldn't be helped get back into the place of power that they were at right so and then we see a van pull up and with police written on it and they open the door and there's the old man from up with cap shield mm -hmm. that son of a bitch that son of a bitch Walker! Walker! He just has this Walker. look as soon as that, Booker. that door opens. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. Look. And all uh, in. <laughs> when he comes filing out of there, so you get Walker coming out that are they're raiding the internet cafe where we saw the flag smashers hiding out last episode mm -hmm. um oh it was wasn't it yep 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 mm -hmm. they're in munich and if you, and so, if you if you remember from last episode two sorry Kyle, he um they said that uh it, it i believe it was the seed when they broke him out or they got him out of the police station walker said specifically we're targeting the civilians that are helping them that's how we're trying to find them so right. that's why they're there Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, they said, you know, that's probably going to be the best way to, to track them down. So they, hmm, I might drop a little bit. Hang on here. There we go. Um, so they, they, do you have it, a droopy mic? If you have a droopy mic, try GRC. Try <laughs> <Take>, GRC. <laughs> <laughs> Your mic not performing to the fullest of its ability. And so <laughs> we're old. <laughs> So we see uh, New Cap um, start interrogating the owner of the cafe. Um, and then. Which is the guy who gave them sanctuary and the chicken liver meal. Yeah. Yeah. The delicious chicken liver meal that nobody took, took on. And I don't know why. Well, one guy did. Remember, it's like, oh. Ooh, chicken livers. Probably because it, it wasn't fried. Uh, needed to be fried. Needed to be fried. I'll eat it fried. And so they they both start interrogating the uh, the uh, owner. Um, you know, it's like the names. You know, you know the names. Um, and the old owner's doing the uh, doing a full like holdout, like not giving information. New cap, Captain Walker, Walker Captain. Defiant is you know we know. Pure up, Walker, Booker, Walker, Walker Booker. Like we know they came through here, <clears throat> you know he's he's really kind of giving the business, and then the guy spits in his face. 
and new cat. Like it's not even a good spit either. It's like oogie mouth COVID yeah. spit. Yeah, it went like a pit. It was like a. It was <laughs> wet. It was juicy. Yeah, yeah. He really got. Yeah. <laughs> he really got deep down. I, actually, in, I want in the flame storage. I want I want Kyle to do the sound effects for Disney from now on for this show. Oh, and I've I've got the uh, oh I've got the thumbnail for you for the the you pick up here. I want to I need to screen cap this for you. Screen cap the cap. Okay, okay, get this. So all of a sudden you see Cap. You know he's he's in battle. Um, Battlestar's face, and then he spits in Walker's face, new cap. And then you see Walker, you see it in his eyes. He just snaps. So if you go back to episode one, remember what I said, what US agent's biggest flaw was, is his rage. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we see our, I think our, okay, it's not our first, I want to say it's our second fundamental difference between Steve and John. This it's very very apparent here though like the the last one was just a little nod, yeah. This one is just it's you know quite literally in your face. It's in this dude's face, and you see him just snap. And U.S. agent, that's what he did. You know, get anything done. You know, any force necessary. While right. Steve was, Steve was the diplomat. Mm-hmm. He would, you know, he wouldn't hurt anyone unless he needed to. Yeah. John has no qualms about this. And see, and that's that's good. There, you see, you know, I know you're seeing it too. There's a lot of there's a lot of rage online and feedback from the nerd community. The whole like, how much? And we really hate this new cap. And it's not like like now I don't like this new cap, but it's a different. Like people just don't like any of it, you know, and it's not the majority. There's, you know, it's the, the large, loud vocal minority that's, um, I don't like Walker and I don't like this new, and they're not liking the whole thing. You know, you're not supposed to like him at this point right now. No. And there's a way, like, I I like that. I don't like him. And there's people that then you get the online rage that hate that they don't like him. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes complete sense. I think, what you correct me if I'm wrong. What you're trying to say is they're trying to make him a character. Uh, it's he's the Steve replacement, but you're supposed to be angry about it because you're right. supposed to be feeling what Sam and Bucky are feeling. Right. And like, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought you were going with that. Yeah. You kind of get that, that group of people that are just angry about like, I don't even want him on the show and you know, that kind of thing. Get him off the, that stuff. No. Of course, he needs to be boys, on the show. Yeah, he needs to be on the show, and we need to not like him, and that's and that's a good thing. We need to embrace it. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's he, I I hate to do this. I kind of like him. I mean, I think I think he's playing his character who he's how he's supposed to be played. Right. And I so, like that. I I I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it, I mean, okay when he shoves like the dude up against like. the wall. It, exactly it's it's okay to feel it's okay to have feels i mm-hmm. promise you're no less of a man no less of a woman mm-hmm. it's okay to have feels um he what really shows the difference in this though besides just the snap is 
I know when we say the snap, it's not the Thanos snap. This is the I'm mentally snap. unhinged snap. <laughs> the cap snap. <laughs> the cap snap. Cap snap. Oh, hit me, cap. Literally. Um, he pushes up against the wall, and I mean, he yells at the dude, do you know who I am? And the guy's like, yeah, and I don't really care. You know, he's, he's like, you Americans are brutes. You're bullies. Mm-hmm. That's who you guys are. You know, it's, and I think that all stems from Slakovia too. You know, the, the fight with Ultron left that country a big hole. It's a crater. Yeah. And you don't really revisit it after there. And I think, you know, and then there's all these people feeling abandoned by their government too after the after they come back. So I think I think this was just a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. And the flag smashers are the kind of the fuse. They're the catalyst. You think uh, I think this been kind of mulling this over. Original cap, new cap. Mm-hmm. You think original cap is how we, you know, because we're, you know, we're both Americans here. Um, we as Americans perceive ourselves in the global stage and new cap is how the rest of the world perceives us as Americans on the global stage. You know, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I kind of think they do. I, th- I think that's, I think that's pretty accurate. Like just hot headed, Full of anger, big yeah. jawed, loud. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, world police, like, y- you're wondering why New Cap is operating on foreign soil right now. My guess is, you know, a deal with the government because they attacked U.S. soil. But. Well, he's working with the GRC, so the GRC is probably yeah. an agency, is probably similar to the UN, and then he's, you know, whatever mil you know because he's u.s military or u.s government property or whatever that that's how he's able to work with them but he's still probably having to work within a, a set of rules of engagement and stuff that but yeah that's yeah, kind of hit me up i agree with you <laughs> i agree with you i agree with every part of that <clears throat> so basically walker and um, Battlestar Hoskins are walking down the hall. They're just discussing what's going on. And, you know, Lamar's like, it's a waste of time. Let's go find him. And, you know, Cap's like, heard anything from Langley? Um, she's funneling something from someone I can't see. And then Battlestar goes, listen, she's giving displaced people shelter and medicine. I think that line is very important because that's exactly what she's doing. She's right. not a terrorist right now. What what she's doing? I mean, she's right, breaking right the now. law. Yeah. Right now. She's, right she's now. breaking it. Well, okay. As of right now, and three minutes, almost four minutes into the show from three episodes, she's not a terrorist. She's not breaking terrorist. the law. She's like right a terror ish. Not an ish, but an ish. Oh, she definitely got terrorist vibe. She definitely yeah. got the vibe. Some but I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> terrorist tendencies. Ten. Ter- I can't even think of a clever word for that. Um, so I don't know if you noticed this. When they're walking out, Battlestar has actually changed his uniform. It looks like a replica, a copy 
besides the the um, bulletproof vest with the star on it, it looks like Cap's costume, mm-hmm. new Cap's costume. Um, so they're really riding this, you know, uh, this whole Cap wave. They're trying, you know, yeah. just the government's really trying to push this. Like we're a team. Yeah, Team America. And. And then, you know, Walker's like, you know, America. Mm-hmm. Walker's like, yeah, and, you know, I know. And, and Battlestar's like, that kind of thing creates loyalty. Um, and it seems like Battlestar's kind of the, his Jiminy Cricket to me. I mean, he'll join the fight and he's loyal to him, but he's kind of like the, let's look at the opposite end of the quarter here. Yeah. Let's look at the other this side. Because this isn't the first time he's done that's what That's what it seems like to me. No, it's like the third time he's done it. <clears throat> yeah, and he's like he's kind of reined it in a little bit. He's he it's very beginning. You know, he was like Walker's balance piece. Like when he was telling him to go out, he's like, "Oh man, you got this." Like kind of pep talking him up. So he's he's got a very defined purpose in this duo, and. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to f- figure out if the defined purpose is natural through their friendship and working together, or if he's got somebody in his ear that Just we military. haven't seen yet. Yeah, that we haven't seen yet. That's there's some ulterior motives there. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust anything. So I don't trust anything right now either. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not trusting. I think WandaVision has. T- WandaVision's taught me not to trust anything. We have trust issues, especially if, especially if Marvel's doing it. Um, very important, you- I think. Line here too is where Walker scoffs and says, "You know, Battlestar's like we don't have any leads," and he said, "So we bet on someone who's got a better hand." Who do you think he was referring to there? Do you think he was referring to Bucky and Sam? Um, I think so. I think so too. And it cuts, cuts right to Bucky Next and Sam, you, so no. that's like the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. We're, I'm just gonna go with that. That is. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna overlook it. Over. Yeah. That's. It. I'm. I'm gonna go with that too. So we're in Berlin now. They're walking down the hall. It's obviously a prison. You see, like a you know a guard leading yeah. them. And it, Sam's basically. Sam just looks nervous, and Bucky's like, "I'm gonna go in alone." Mm-hmm. And so Sam starts, you know, doing what Sam does, question him. And Bucky's, I think, train of thought is very logical at this point. He's like, you're an Avenger. You know how he feels about yeah. soups. And Sam's like, you know how he feels about, you know, you as well. He, you know, it, basically Sam's saying, you were his puppet. You were his killing puppet. And if you guys don't remember from Age of Ultron, Zemo, Baron Zemo was, or just Zemo at this point, he was obsessed with Hydra. He wasn't part of Hydra, but he was obsessed with them. And he hated super soldiers. He hated Cap. He hated, you know, the Winter Soldiers program, which is why he was, you know, destroying it, why he destroyed it. He hates soups. He just hates soups. There you go. 
So Bucky <laughs> goes in alone. Yeah, there you go. That's that's it in a nutshell. Oh, there it is. You know his motivation now. Motivation. <laughs> Whoop. Rocky Road. So uh, this guard. <laughs> so this guard gets a man, and you see Zemo just sitting there with his, you know, fingers in a very like diamond cutter almost, like for a DDP. Mm-hmm. But his face is covered by the shadow, and Bucky goes in to see him. And then Zemo starts speaking in Russian and he starts saying rusted. And you see his face come forward. I thought this was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. 17. Um, and Bucky says, these days are over. Do you remember what those words were in uh, that order? Those were his, um, <clears throat> I remember exactly what they called. Those were like his trigger word, like to get him to activating. Yep. His, yep. His activation words. Yeah. So, which which just a you know kind of a callback to that. Um, where was it? Uh, once you get to Zemo cell, um, so the music that's playing is a reprise of the Captain America Civil War music. Okay. The guy who created it henry jackman the composer they had him come back for um he's the one who did the falcon and the winter soldier score oh okay the opening that we see so Mm kind of just a cool little nod um and then you know bucky tells him these days are over and zemo's like i know so already from the get-go you can see that zemo's trying to push bucky's buttons just from the get-go. Um, and he's kind of looking at Bucky. And he's like, you know, something's in there. I, you know, I know who you are. I know what you are. You know, a, a leopard just doesn't change its spots, you know? I, I think it's... And that's what he was going for. <laughs> They're having this, you know, epic stare down and the dialogue is epic and they're staring at each other and the whole time, Zemo's in pajamas. <laughs> I, was, I was watching. Oh, he is, walking around he? The room. Yeah, I was watching. He's walking around the room. You know, he's kind of trying to be intimidating and you know get his one in on Bucky. There, I was like, "You're in pajamas." <laughs> like you woke him up from his little so nap. I think the only thing that I didn't notice that the only thing that would have made this less scary is if he was in like some sort of bear slippers, house shoes, bear claw slippers, yeah. walking around. That would have been freaking great. Yes. That that would have been some top-tier Marvel humor that could have happened, maybe. Right there. But alas. So, you know, Zemo looks at him. Alas, it shall never be. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, Zemo looks at Bucky and tells him, it was never personal. And it wasn't with him. He's just cold and calculating. He tells you, you're a simple means to a necessary end, which shows nothing has changed for B, uh, for Zemo since Age of Ultron, since he got locked up. Yeah. He's been sitting and, there stewing about it. Yeah. For however many years it was. We know it was five years since the blip. Mm-hmm. So however many years since they imprisoned him. He's probably been in there about eight. I would probably say that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. 
That's just off the top of my head. I'm not going back and looking at dates, but we're going to say eight years. You know, you guys, eight sounds great. Eight. Yeah. Eight. Pro- eight, eight is great. Is great. We're probably wrong, so you guys correct us. I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. I'm good. Close enough for me. Good. Close enough for television. And he tells, you know, Bucky tells him, hey, there's new super soldiers running around. And you see Zemo just kind of something clicks on on his head. And he's like, you know, you're assuming Hydra has something to do with this. And, you know, Zemo, like I said, Zemo's very smart. Yeah. He puts everything together. He's like, you know, which means you need you. You need me means you're desperate. And he's like, hey, great. I know where to go. Mm hmm. Yeah. And cut to the dark and you see flashlights. So this is us in Labyrinth last night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that game, man. And then you see I know, I know. Uh then you see Sam going, What do you mean you hear him? It's dark, except for these flashlights. And you hear, you know, what do you mean you want to break Zemo out of jail? Mm-hmm. So this and, is when you know it basically Bucky just starts laying out the plan like hypothetically what if what if he was to get out and what if this was to happen you know he's like I'm just this is rhetorical you know we're rhetorical we're, we're not gonna do this but like say a friend of mine wanted to break Zemo out of prison is basically like where this was <laughs> that's yeah. what it is and you know Sam's against it Oh, this one, against it. Well, and, and then just right before then, um, this is an important part too for later in the show. It's where he says he blew up the UN, he king, king, king T'Chaka and framed you for it. You know, and then he looks at Buck and he says, did you forget that? Do you think the Wakandans forgot about it? Mm-hmm. It's a rhetorical question. They didn't. Remember that line. Yep. Okay, go ahead, Kyle. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm just now getting a copy. You said that, so uh, yeah. This this is where Bucky says, you know, let me just walk you through half that because so we have to find out. We don't know how many super soldiers there are. We have to find the source of the serum, and then he says, you know, Zemo can help. Um, and this is hypothetical. You know, if if he were to get out, you know. How would he do this it? is probably how this is probably how he would do it <clears throat> um and then it cuts back to them in the cell mm-hmm. uh, and he asks and him he, what book he's reading yeah it's machiavelli do you know why and that's important he, um roughly like that's didn't he fake his own death or um so machiavelli zemo's the most machiavellian machiavellian character in the comics because he's known to use his powers mm-hmm. to uh of deception and um you know and he does the trickery-ish he's trickish yeah not turns tricks but trickery and he plays all sides Right, and it's an equation to him. It's a means to the end. So that's why it's, that's why it's just kind of a little nod to that. Yeah, I said Disney smart, just throwing in just random stuff. So, uh, okay, continues on like explain like if I was going to get him out, 
there's somebody was going to break him out this would be you know there's there's this ratio of guards to prisoners that they have to keep if if something happens you know say two prisoners start fighting then four guards have to respond mm-hmm. you have two on one um do you remember what was in what he grabbed from his book is his bookmark no i didn't see that yeah that was important just before they <clears throat> they start talking about the prisoner ratio like okay. this is yeah, see, he's, he's got the book open. He looks at the book. What is that? What is it? And he bookmark? slides the bookmark out. He slides the bookmark out, puts it in his pocket. Is that a key? That's a key card for the okay. doors. So he's had the key card. Okay, I was wondering where he got, yeah, because we see later. Yep. Okay, so that's where that came from. I didn't realize that's what that was. So he already had a key card. Okay, go ahead. Um, Bucky drops a little rolled up piece of paper to two prisoners playing chess. The notes in German, it says, uh, you know, Sam asks like, okay, well, before that Bucky, you know, brings up like a two prisoners start fighting and, and says like, well, why would two prisoners randomly start fighting at this moment? And like, oh, you know, it could be, it could be lots of reasons. You never know. And, and the little note, he just found the two guys playing chess and the note says he will kill you tonight. Kill him first. And that's all they needed for, for a spark to go off. <clears throat> so a fight breaks out. This escalates into full-on riot because, you know, that's the, the, the prison fight trope. Two guys fight, the whole, the whole prison is going to fight. And lockdown procedure Two start. prisoners fight, one prisoner leave. Yep. And Zemo starts making his way out. He, know, he has a guard there. He grabs his guard. Excuse me here. My phone's still doing that thing I was telling you about this morning. We're, we're just going to get a million notifications really? at once. Yeah. Um, Zemo snatches a guard, <clears throat> pulls him away, and goes into uh, undercover mode. Undercover Zemo. And starts this process to blend in. He uses his <laughs> key card. <laughs> undercover Zemo? Yeah. Sounds like the worst show ever like undercover boss this week on undercover zemo zemo's a prison guard watch him escape but he uses that that uh key card he had <laughs> this week on zemo, zemo that he had in the book and uh you know starts making his way out um it just shows how you know crafty quick smart and pretty agile, Zemo is because you know the fight with the guard. He he did well, and so as Bucky's explaining all, of- I would go in and say after watching this that Zemo is genius level intellect. Yeah, and he's very smart. Yeah. Very smart dude, and cunning. And so you know, as Bucky's, this is in a way Bucky explaining all this to Sam. It's all hypothetical. Yeah, it's all hypothetical, and Sam's like. It's all hypothetical. How you're being so casual about this. And they're back in the garage. See, uh, (laughs) I love where Sam's like, you're being so calm about this. Then Sam just realized, where are we? (laughs) Yeah. He's calm until he goes, where are we? (laughs) Yes. I like that part. Okay, go ahead. I know. I just I I was right at that part. I had to, I had to watch it again, yeah. and then just that just goes to like the 
almost the uh, the buddy cop action feel that the yeah. the show really has. To like that's that's that fits that genre that line really well. And you see a silhouette of a prison guard clothed figure approaching, and hey, it's Zemo. Hey, it's Zemo. <laughs> Hey, hey, it's Zemo. Oh, Bucky. But they would transition to like one division style, like sitcom, and it was a. Uh... Yes. It, hey, hey, yeah. it's Zemo. Like, it's a Sam's pissed. What it was? Who's what always Sam... escaping prison? Sam. Sam pointed something at him. I thought it looked like a pistol, but it wasn't. Sam had a flashlight. Never mind. He... Wait, wait, <laughs> that's a cunt. Uh, they messed what? up because like right as Zemo walks in, you see Sam get pissed. And, oh, never mind. He does. He switched yeah. to the other hand. Never mind. I see him. He switched the flashlight over or whatever he was holding. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What is that? <laughs> it, it looked like maybe a flashlight. But <laughs> so it's they, a mag light. They start arguing. And I like how Zemo like tries to interject, and they're both like pointing. They're like, "No, he's like apologies." And he's like puts his head down. Yes, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, apologies. He's just awkwardly I'm standing sorry. there, watching as these two argue it out. Just <laughs> off to the but, side. He's just like, "You're right. Apologies. Sorry. My bad." And he just keeps trying to interject. He's like, I really think I'm invaluable. And they're like, "Shut up." Shut up. I, I think it's great because, you know, Bucky's having this serious speech with Sam. It's like how you stuck your neck out for Steve. You know, I'm asking you to, and you stuck your neck out for me. I'm asking you to do it again. Mm -hmm. It's this real serious conversation. And then it's like you said, the buddy cop feel mm -hmm. is when Zemo keeps trying to talk and they keep yelling at him. Yeah. It again, it's to me, this is almost lethal weapon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe with a little uh maybe a little diehard thrown in, you know, just because yeah. you have except you know. with a bionic arm. Well, I was thinking Zemo more like uh, it's more of a just more of a Zemo. Hans Gruber kind of Yeah, I could see that. Or uh the pickle man. I like how Sam just he just gives like there's this whole thing where they they're playing it off like they don't trust each other, they don't want to work together, but they always end up giving in to the other one's ideas. Yep, a hundred percent. The same thing, like, okay, where do we go which, from here? Which shows they're not necessarily bros, but they have a healthy respect for each other. They do. They they have a budding broship that they'll never admit. A very that they'll very never budding broship. I like their broship. Mm -hmm. So then, we, then we finally get the title card, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now we're in um, looks like Jay Leno's garage, maybe. With uh... <laughs> all you see is a chin hiding from one of the cars. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the chin. <laughs> it's the chin. And. Uh... So like um, Zemo's okay. going through all of his I don't know if you noticed his patch. Like the patch on his, the, the guard's uniform. Um 
or the name of the prison. I'm guessing it's the prison. So I, I paused it just right as he's pulling out his jacket from the car. Do you see what the patch says? Uh, is that German for justice? So is it like the justice department? Justice? No, I think he shops at, at justice. That teenage girl store? It says justice all over it. <laughs> I'll walk right into that. Zemo starts. Yeah, Zemo shops at justice. Uh, it's better than like Forever 21. Or <laughs> Forever Super Soldier. But, you know, he does find his master person. So he probably also shops at Hot Topic. That's very. <laughs> Justice and Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. Very edgy Zemo. <laughs> I like my Zemo's a little bit of edge on him. He's on. <laughs> oh. Mm -hmm. uh, um. And while he's going shopping, they give him Jolly Ranchers. So Jolly Ranchers and Zemo. Thank you. I'd be here all the week. Uh, oh, I wish I spoke some German because I could have a lot more fun with this. Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Jolly Richards and Zemo. You can just yell a lot of things that sound okay. vaguely German. And so, hot topic. Hot, hot and topic. And so he's going through his cards. So he's got like stuff stashed you know, everywhere. There's like guns in Which one. Is, there's a backpack in, or a bag in another one. Then he finds his mask just like casually, you know, laying on the seat of another car. He gets his, uh, this cool overcoat thing back with the, the fuzzy collar. So he, he's, he's feeling good again. He's got his shit back. And uh, so it's important to note on this. Mm -hmm. This is comic accurate. This is very comic accurate. Okay. Fill us in on that a little his bit. His mask more. and what he's wearing. Okay. So the. Yeah, it's just, I mean, just the mask and the jacket. If you go look up what he looks like in the comics mm -hmm. and what he looks like here, or, or that mask, that purple mask that like um, almost like a ski mask, except it has its, you know, a shape, it looks like the comic. Um, the difference being the reason he wore it in the comic is because when he fought Captain America, he got horribly burned. Oh, so okay. he hit his face. Now he just has a mask because it's cool. Okay, go. Yeah, because and it looks really awesome to be honest with you. What I noticed too, like it, okay, it looks like it. It looks like a ski mask, right? Until he picks it up, and there's actually a mask under there mm -hmm. with that over it. It's not just like he's pulling on the purple ski mask. There, that's that cloth is over an actual hard physical mask that's that's on there, which is kind of cool. It's it's from Baron Zemo's paper mache company. Mm -hmm. And then they leave to board a private jet. Kyle goes, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And this this is when we start figuring out like Zemo's Zemo's actually like Baron Zemo is actually a Baron. A Baron. He's got some money. He explains he explains he was royalty mm -hmm. until Slakovia got destroyed. Mm -hmm. And with this, boys and girls, Baron Zemo has entered the MCU as canon. 
before it was just Zemo. Yeah. Now he's Baron Zemo. So now was that Baron Zemo? You know, uh, remind me a little bit. Was that is there any retconning going on with this, or was it just never mentioned? Like it just it never, was never was mentioned. mentioned. I mean, yeah this this is re- it was never mentioned, but I I, I think this is I, this is pure retcon because they they didn't mention that he was a Baron. So I think that they're fixing their mistake from well, there. Was it a mistake or was it just left? They could have just left it like that so they could actually introduce him as that later. And so it wasn't like... And who knows with Marvel? Yeah. Who knows with Marvel? They do things intentionally. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's other things that they don't do intentionally, like Blue Jeans guy from uh, Mandalorian. Disney. That's more Disney than those guys. You can't pin that one on Marvel. I will. They're the same company. <laughs> They're all one. Okay. Okay. Right, so uh, they're on the plane. This is when they they find out, you know, that oh yeah, he's got some money. Uh, his flying butler, or well, not a flying butler, but his butler while they're wait. Did you call him the flying butler? He's the butler while they're flying. <laughs> no, 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 no. From here on out. Zemo, Baron Zemo's butler is the flying butler. Flying butler! Flying butler! The f- things of the future! Yeah. So we took a little break there and you guys didn't even know anything. Well, you wouldn't know if I wouldn't say anything just now. Well, guess what, people? <laughs> We're back. I, I don't have, I really don't have anything. I'm just telling you, guess what, people? Hmm. So we were at the flying butler. I thought this was kind of neat because they, they, Talk about like, oh, we didn't know you had money. And then he's the butler's like, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. The uh the refrigerator the in, the, a little warm. Yeah. in the jet freaking private jet is uh down. Like problems. Like it's nothing. Like, you know, beyond first world problems. Like, That's... oh my my in flight champagne is warm. <laughs> Holy shit. We made it. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think this is just a little clever nod to, um, you know, they're sitting in the jet like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And Zemo opens up his little book. And in it is Bucky's little book that says Nakajima Holbin. It's his little book he's been carrying around for the people that he's trying to make amends to. Yeah. How did he get that? Which means this Baron Dickmo is going around pickpocketing people and using stuff as bookmarks. He's a level 10 pickpocket. He is. He's like a he's like a rogue with like a plus 6 for like stealth mm-hmm. and like a plus 5 for pickpocket. Yeah. And he's probably got like a plus 15 for backstab. I bet he was a shithead little kid. I bet he was a shithead little kid. Yeah. I'm thinking about it, pickpocketing things. <clears throat> Hey, look, Baron Dickmo. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead. But, okay, well, he's they're talking about the book, and he goes, I don't know what to call it, but all, this part seems important. And he's like, who is Nakajima? And he takes the book out. It's almost like flaunting it in front of Bucky. Oh, yeah. He wanted... It wasn't about uh, so much, uh, what's going on in this book? It was like, hey, look what I got. I'm able... I was able... 
you know, lift this off of you. And so that's, that's part of his mind games. He was reading something too. I want to see if I can see what that book was that he was reading. Is it, is it his, um, Machiavelli book? No, I don't think it is. It may. It was in German. Yeah. I bet it was. I bet he smuggled it out in his underwear, or his his prison wallet. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what that is, uh, look that up. You know, yeah, while, watch Deadpool too while you're at work. So the uh... and Deadpool two and Godzilla versus Kong, which at the time of this recording, Kyle would be watching tonight with his son. Hopefully, hopefully. No, and you then, will, you will, so we can discuss it. Damn it! And and it's great to like. Timing. Mean, did you time it like that on purpose? Bringing that yep. up. Be- yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I totally. But yeah, this. It, it worked was- out pretty good, didn't it? <laughs> I've got good timing sometimes. So the. Uh, oh well, before we even get to that. Um, shit, where he was talking about trouble, man. When did that come up? Uh, no, no, trouble man's after this. Yeah. So you because- know. Because he tells him, I'll kill you. Give me the book. Because you look at the book. Yeah. So, yeah, because it was after this part, because then that's when Sam recognizes the book. Yeah. So it was, it was Steve's when he came out of the ice. He's like, and I told him about Trouble Man and he wrote it in the book. And if you remember back to our episode one, you and I discussed, hey, that's kind of like what Steve did. Mm -hmm. But now we know it's actually Steve's book. Exactly. Steve's book. Yeah. So, uh, 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 so <laughs> Kyle and I are really tired. So tired. <laughs> we usually record these late at night. We're recording this early in the morning after little to no sleep last night. Literally just, no sleep last I'm night. Chugging energy drinks and whatever. I just asked Mrs. Uh, Guyver to bring me in a Coke, which I'm not normally a big fan of. But I'm like, I need some sugar. And then she brought you a Coke. And she and brought me so, a Coke. <laughs> and so, uh, but Sam asked Bucky, like, did you listen to Troll Man? And he's like, oh, I like 40s music. And he's like, you didn't like it. He's like, I liked it. This Zemo, is a great scene. <laughs> this is a great scene. Zemo's like, it's a masterpiece, James. Complete, comprehensive. <laughs> and what he says. No, read exactly line for line what he says. Yeah. It captures the African American experience. <laughs> and the way the way Sam looks at him, he's like, What what? He's, like, he's out of line. He's right. <laughs> he's out of line. So you have the whitest guy possible, like who embodies the whitest things possible. Mm-hmm. You know, rich, aristocratic, you know. Snobby the- talking about the what the African-American embodiment is. Perfect. Yeah. And I think it's so funny that, yeah, Sam's just like, well, he's right. He's out of line. <laughs> but he's right. He's right. You can, you can tell Sam did not want to admit he was right. No, I thought that was so Cause, funny. Because Baron Dick is a murdering fuckhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, are they going to well, all I, buddy up after all this? Or... I, I don't know. We're gonna have like it's like Zemo gonna turn not as bad guy. <laughs> That's just it's it's the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, yeah. and Zemo. Yeah, That's Zemo. Me. That's me. 
<laughs> and they're explaining like Zemo is a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, are they gonna turn into like the new Venture Brothers? Oh, that'd be great. Go team Venture! I am the bat. So you got pretentious Zemo. Got... <laughs> oh, he'd be Baron Underbite. Hmm. I hope it. We need a petition for this to happen. I don't Zemo's probably gonna be killed. <laughs> no, we need Zemo's not who we need. It's Zemo who is who we have to have. Yeah. Not the hero we deserve or one. This is the hero we're gonna get. <laughs> it's just like our podcast. It's just like our podcast. It's not the end of all. It's this. not the one you want. <laughs> It's not going to be Bucky, and it's not going to be Sam. Zemo is new Captain America. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just Zemo. Actually, I want to say he had Steve Shield for a time in the comics. Really? I. It's one of those nagging... I can't remember, but it's one of those nagging things that you get. Mm -hmm. All right, you talk. I'm going to look this up. Okay, so uh, Zemo goes into this... Uh, this long monologue about why, like really why he has a disdain for superheroes, super soldiers, and um, how it kind of leads in his mind to the downfall of society that, you know, the, the superheroes and super soldiers, they get put up on pedestals, uh, become symbols, become icons. Then we start, we look at all the good and great things that we do that we totally neglect their flaw their flaws we just look over that they're doing all these great things so we're not really going to pay attention to the to the bad shit um and then you sit from there cities fly innocent people die um movements are formed and wars are fought and so he's, he's kind of summing up a lot of the events of the prior movies and some of the things that are going on right now just in a really short uh couple of senses um and then he looks at Bucky and he says, like, you, you remember this, you know, you fought in Germany against a man that was put upon a pedestal. And he says, you know, do we want to live in a world full of people like the red skull? And he says, okay. and that's, did you find okay. it? Uh, yes. And so it, he didn't have his, shield but in the comics he had a sword that was made out of the same material as cap shield okay so um where is it uh, da, 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 da. he's got um he's in the so in the comics he's a gifted scientist combatant and athlete kept unnaturally young through the use of a formula known as compound x you know what what gave life to the uh powerpuff girls um yes and his aging is his only power per se, but he is super manipulative and, you know, genius level. And he's an engineer and a skilled manipulator, which makes him extremely dangerous. That's why they said, I was saying earlier that he's the most Machiavellian, Machiavellian character in the MCU. Because mm -hmm. he has all that, and his helmet has circuitry to protect him from mental control, i.e., mutant 
Bum, bum, bum. Um, like Magneto. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Sorry, but I found it. So I was wrong, but that's where I thought it was. And so uh, he just kind of he he gives his you know he finds he finds a way to shoehorn in his uh, his beliefs or why he's do why he does what he does, and then he's just like, and that's where we're going to uh, Madripoor. Okay, so when you were talking about that, when he was given his beliefs about putting him on the pedestal, yeah. Did you find yourself agreeing with him? I sure did. I did. Yeah. I, I, well, a lot of mostly because of New Cap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me think of it. Well, and it's like, and the boys, but anyway, and the it all comes back to the boys ever since I got Kyle watching the boys and reading the comic. Did you read any of that yet? I haven't got, I haven't picked up the second volume yet. So, I mean, I have it, but I haven't, I haven't started reading it yet. Gotcha. Okay. So it rang true to me when he was given the speech. Like, I think he's absolutely right. We put these icons, these symbols on pedestals. And this is what happens. You put all their trust in them. Mm -hmm. And then they become these, something that they're not meant to be. This series is making us connect more with the bad guys than we have in a while. Like I agree. Black Smashers, I'm like up to this point, I'm like, they're not that's 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 not that bad. Like they're giving medicine and shelter to people that aren't getting it. Zemo's talking about, you know, keeping people, keeping your heroes in check. And that we don't. Like maybe. Maybe they're not all that bad. For now. And again, I completely agree with that. Completely. You know, I mean, and, and like I'm going to assume just like because we you see like this before where they try to where not just Marvel, but you know, happens DC happens anything where they try to get you to relate. You, you relate with the villain. You relate with the bad guys. Like I can understand that. You know, it happens with joker it happens with mr freeze it happens with you know, like all these like there was a they had a pretty valid reason like they weren't just being you know tyrannical villainous dickheads for no reason like they had a good reason they just went a little further than most people would have and i think you're absolutely right i think it's because they they are humanizing them yep i like that I mean, they did, you know, Fox did the same thing with the X-Men with Magneto. Magneto's typically, you know, your bad guy. He's your your ultimate villain. But there's so many times of that run that he wasn't, he was like, he was like the anti-villain. You know, you have your anti-hero. Yeah. So maybe we're getting, we're, we're seeing some more anti-villain stuff. I like that. I like that idea. What a bad guy I can relate to. And as much as I hate to admit it, it's that's exactly what Marvel's doing right now. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, but you don't want to, you know, as growing up as little kids, you didn't want to like the bad guy. No. You wanted to like the, the good guy. And I think that's what, for me, is, you know, the quintessential comic nerd, you know, the little fanboy. That's that's what you remember. It was cut and dry. Yeah, this guy, what, this bad guy, was a bad guy. Like, that it was, was it. it was it was black and white. 
completely, but there's no gray middle. This is how I think how much it's the comics and everything's evolved, like you were saying, mm-hmm. is it's gray now. It's not black and white anymore. There is a fine gray area. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's nuts right now. I mean, we don't even, it, on both sides, you don't have very many just cut and dry good guy heroes anymore. Cap was probably, you know, the last one that we had that he, and he, there's very few instances where he kind of even came close to flirting with the line of going the other way. You know, all the others, they've, they've got some pretty good flaws and bad things that happened. Sam's done pretty good. You know, Bucky, who's just bouncing back and forth across the line through his whole timeline. You know, he's on the good side. But, you know, even Black Widow, Hawkeye, you know, all of them meander around that line back and forth. And and I think, you know, where Cap was probably the last pure good hero. There's a, there's a reason they called Cap the Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Language. Lang- yeah. Right there. You know, and like even, you know, going back and, you know, talking about the villains and stuff, I'm trying to think of any of the villains that were just pure evil for the sake of evil. And we had no, like even Thanos, you know, they're Ultron. When, okay, Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. But he was likable. Because <laughs> he's got no strings on me. Mm hmm. Yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. It's like even Thanos, the baddest of the baddies that we've seen so far. He had a redeeming story. There's a reason he wanted to do stuff. There was a reason for it. And when you heard him talk about it and explain it and thinking about it from his side, it it made sense. Like Mm -hmm. it it was a terrible thing. But (laughs) he's a murderous dickhead. Yeah. You Um, know, he's got a two to one kill death ratio, but he's. uh, but so be it. Or actually be like a five billion to one. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're Thanos. not good at math. Have we told you guys that? Yeah. Thanos, great stats. But <laughs> just just don't ask for a green card. Hmm. So yeah. So where were you going with that? I, I kind of rambled a bit there. But, no, uh, no, you didn't want that's what we do. Um no, I was just saying it's that's what's tough for me is they're they're really really humanizing these villains Mm -hmm. and before there was humanizing zemo but not to like they're making him more relatable and likable now and i i that's what i'm having a hard time with right now like i i love it i love the way that they're doing it but again it's just as the fanboy growing up you know you have villains, you have the good guys, you have the bad guys. It's black and white. That's mm-hmm. what the old nerd in me is just trying to struggle with a little bit. It's not like I, it's not stopping me from anything. So we've talked about this before. This run of movies going back to Iron Man and then coming up to where we are now with the shows. We, you know, and you said like they're doing this right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there have been superhero movies in the past. You know, even the old Superman movies and those, yeah. but we're doing like they're doing it right now. 
Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think back to the old superhero shows and movies and things that I've seen, and they stay, they, in my, from what I remember, one of the things that, they, that stayed really true to like what you're talking about, bad guy mm-hmm. was bad guy, good guy was good guy, cut and dry down the middle. There was no conflict, right. you know, whatever. Right. And now we've got, the, and even you see like some of those old movies, not very good. Some of those shows, not really good. Even with the nostalgia, still not very good. And so is is that little facet, like what we're talking about now, part of the uh, the uh, secret sauce that's making these movies so good and so popular now is they've strayed away from that traditional good guy, bad guy, cut and dry, here's the line, to... Right. Now we got there's we have this conflict that man I really don't want to like the bad guy but that's where he's coming from. But now but I kind of do. That make it more engaging and that much. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I'm absolutely with you. You just want a good bad guy. You just want a bad guy that you can hate for the sake of hating. Right now, that's what Chris needs. If Marvel's listening, give him somebody. <laughs> This is just pure evil. Actually, I you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong at all. I I want a bad guy I can just hate. Mm -hmm. You're not wrong. I bet we'll get one. I bet we will too. I mean we had director dick. Anyway. Oh yeah, director dick. Yeah, no, you're right. I absolutely hated him. And so every time you start to feel a little bit like, oh, I don't want to like this bad guy. And you're having that that moment of torn feelings about all this. Just think of director Dick. I cannot wait until we come up with the description for this show, for this episode of this Nerky, because uh, Chris and Kyle discuss Dick mm-hmm. and, and how the they want of how Dick. they want how they want bad Dick, not good Dick. Mm-hmm. Give us some bad Dick, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> We're getting too much good Dick. We get way too much good dick. Give us some of that we bad want, dick. Yeah, we want that bad dick. Shit. <laughs> Maybe we should do more of these sleep deprived. I mean, we're going to have eight hours. Maybe episodes. we should. <laughs> Damn it, we're funny. Uh, I'm laughing. <laughs> I am too. It was that bad dick. You you go, girl. I'm going to buy you a three by five print of director dick framed. So you can put it on your desk. So every time you if you start to get worked up at like I don't want to like this villain, you just have to look at that that little dick pic I sent you, framed. <laughs> You're gonna send me a little dick pic, huh? Little dick pic. <laughs> for, you, for you guys that don't get that joke that we've been driving to the ground for the last five minutes. We're talking about Director Hayward from WandaVision. We kept forgetting his need, name. You guys need to go watch, listen to our Nurkies on WandaVision, which, honestly, if you're listening to this, you have been listening to our Nurkies. Probably. And this recap but, became in our, we, we kept forgetting his name, and so we just referred to him as Director Dick because he was. Because he, he was a huge dick. He was a huge dick. He wasn't just a dick. He's a diak. He's a diak. A big old diak. This is laid out there. Chris and Kyle want that bad dick. He was that bad dick. Kyle's, right. Kyle's going to send Chris a dick pic. Now we're, now we're through beating <laughs> With the our dick, dick jokes. jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see what you did there. 
<laughs> uh, I'm slide one more in. Okay, so oh, you're you're just rubbing me raw here. Um, oh God. Uh, all right, let's pull out from okay. this and go on to. Uh, <laughs> I can't anymore. We're just we're just oh, we're rubbing this dry. Um, oh. <laughs> you slip one more in, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and this is why when we're two, two, 30 to 40 something year olds who will still laugh at dick jokes <laughs> yeah, the sense of humor of a 13 year old junior high kid I love you <laughs> wiener <laughs> I'm crying right now I'm literally crying okay okay we're going on so he's talking Madripoor. about we're, Madripoor <laughs> so we're in Madripoor well, he makes this <laughs> what you almost segued into earlier. It seems like, well, what's up with Madripoor? You talk about it like it's when I said like that's a perfect segue for what we're about to talk about thirty minutes ago. But you're <laughs> 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 uh, right. It sounds like what's okay. up with Madripoor? And he's like, you talk about it like it's Skull Island. Which was awesome, an awesome reference because that's not even a Disney property. On purpose. It's a Marvel property, though, right? Does it Marvel have Kong or Godzilla? Marvel owns one or two or both. I thought they owned Godzilla. Let's look. Okay. So you look. Here's... So while you're looking, I'm going to push this forward a little bit here. Go, go, uh, go. So it's like, like you talk about it like a Skull Island. Oh, um, they do own King Kong. They own King Kong. So did we, was he, so King Kong is now canon in some shape or form in the Marvel universe, whether it's the movies or the actual Skull Island. I doubt it's the actual Skull Island. It's probably just the movies. One can hope. We get some cool I, I know, fights. I think you're right, because they, they lost the rights to Godzilla. So it's King Kong that they own the rights to. Yeah. So there but we go. At the very okay, least, so, the King Kong movies, the, at least the <clears throat> movies are canon in the universe. Not necessarily mm -hmm. King Kong himself is going to be, you know, he's trapped on Skull Island somewhere in this, and then we're just not hearing about it. I'm going to say it's probably just the movies. It's a cool little nod. I don't think anything will come out of it. Um, but then they, they describe Madripoor as, as basically like this pirate sanctuary originally from the 1800s. It's, mm -hmm. uh, and we've seen Madripoor has been teased the first two episodes. So what's explain to everyone the significance of Madripoor? <clears throat> so okay you so you can do it better than i can so if you look at madripoor madripoor was um in the ending credit scenes that's where that monkey that purple monkey like bearing its fangs its teeth mm -hmm. that's madripoor and then remember how we said oh look it's saying madripoor kind of like real quick madripoor is the last of the great lawless areas on in in marvel comics like literally there there are rules there but they're criminal rules. It's ruled by the underworld. It's ruled by the people in the shadows. Wolverine spent so much time there as Patch. It has, like, Madripoor always comes up. When you need something shady done, you go to Madripoor. Hmm. Um, again, like uh, you were saying, you know, like they were explaining, it's, you know, it was a pirate safe haven in the 1800s. Well, it's pretty much still a pirate haven now. 
just for modern day pirates. And <clears throat> they had a saying in the comics, you know, if you need anything, you go to Madripoor. Literally, if you need anything, like they deal, they dealt with, you know, like alien tech, you could get, you know, you could buy mutants there. You could get slave trade of mutants there. You could do anything. And <clears throat> the, it always centered around the princess bar is where Wolverine frequented, frequented. And was part owner, correct? Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe he was part owner. And then I forget, there was a, there was a main bartender there. Um, it was like Madam something, I think. I have to go look it up again, but she was always a big part of it. But Wolverine was patched when he was in his little outlaw phase. So Madripoor is a huge part of the Marvel canon, Marvel universe. The uh, his contact defense that he mentioned, uh, what was her her name? Was a uh, uh, was um, shit. Uh, <clears throat> Gabby. No, it wasn't Gabby. It was who uh, Zemo. Yeah, no, I can't remember her name right now. I'll find her. <coughs> she, yeah, she's a she's Selby. a mid-level fence. Selby, Selby, that's right. Selby in the comics is a what, Chris? Do you know? No, I didn't. I, I was trying to remember that. I couldn't, I knew that I it's one of those the name clicked, but I couldn't remember anything about it. Selby's a mutant in the comics. Really? What's uh, what what's her powers in the comic? Uh, I think it was to be able to influence like computers and electronics. Like she could control. She's a technomancer. Uh, there you go. That's a cool name too. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's a yep. technomancer then. Okay. So, oh, okay. So she's, she could talk to machines. Yeah. Yeah. She's a pewter whisperer. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh. Awesome. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that. I looked. I was like, okay, she's got to be important. And I was digging through some yeah. stuff and found no, out. I mean, oh, you found it. Dude. No, you knew it. You found it. So we had oh. we had some mutant references in Wandavision <laughs> with Pietro. <laughs> now we have Selby being talked about. He's also a mutant. We're going to Madripoor, which is heavy X Men side, just because of the Wolverine patch influence. Mm -hmm. We're getting mutants sometime soon. It's coming. I don't it's know how. Right. I don't know when. Well, I mean, we have mutants. Hello, WandaVision. Yeah. But Wanda and Fiatro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. They better bring him back. Because um, <laughs> his name's Boner. Um, mm. But no, I, I know where you're going with this. I mean, and I agree with you. They, you know, they announced the movie called The Mutants. And it's supposed to center around, they've already hinted it's supposed to center around Charles and Moira McTaggart. Okay. So, but they said, they also hinted that, you know, it, that just may be like a catalyst. I like that it's not a super fancy name. It's not something over the top. It's just the mutants. <clears throat> I wanted it to be like Spanish, like. The mutantes. The mutantes. The mutantes. The mutantes. <laughs> okay. That's probably not even so, translating right. No, our, it's not. We're we're Spanish just totally. Friends. We're just making up shit. Um. So we're now we're in Latvia. <laughs> Latvia. <laughs> Welcome to Latvia. 
And so you get the um, kids playing soccer or football because we do have, you know, over the seas listeners now. I'm sorry, it's football. Yeah. Football. What is what is this place? Most importantly, that's where you got to set it up. It's the uh, GRC resettlement camp. So this is one of the camps that the Flag Smashers has been uh, attempting to resupply, uh, trying to help out because they don't feel like they're getting enough um, <coughs> enough help. So on this part here, they cut. You know, it, it, they're all sitting outside and like it, it's kind of like a little shanty, like. What you see when you're in on TV or like uh, documentaries, like in Europe, like sort mm. of the poorer parts, you know. But if you look there, you see all these people washing their clothes, and there's a little crappy clothes hanger out there. They're washing their clothes in a metal tub outside, which shows the, you how, how bad this is. The courtyard scene. So if you go back to when mm -hmm. it has the GRC resettlement yep. camp okay. pulled up, so go back okay. to it's like. 14 even. Okay. And so they're they're in Latvia, but in the back, in this little courtyard, there's a statue. You see the statue? Yeah. Looks like he's holding that, a, tri a trident. Is that uh -huh. Namar? Oh, it looks like he's also holding himself, too. Or is that supposed to be like Poseidon? I don't know. I just, I just now saw that, and I figured if I pointed it out to you to get your wheels turning. I wonder Since if that could be Namar. Yeah, I wonder if, because that could be Namar, um, the Submariner, or Namar, um, Namor, however you want to pronounce it. I call it Namar. Yeah. Because um, I'm fancy. Uh, he was widely considered the first mutant in Marvel. Good catch, sir. Yeah, I just, a little thing there. I don't know if that's. He's holding up. Is he holding a fish? He might have been holding a fish. holding himself. He's sitting there. He's got his cod hanging out. Are <laughs> 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 you going to make it? I don't know. That was really good. You were setting that up. I, I, yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that, was, that was a long play on that one. It yeah, took a little bit. It, it was, but there. you got it. We you got, got it. <laughs> so, okay. They're washing their laundry with no one's cods hanging out. Because mm -hmm. the, the guy washing it's an old guy, so I don't think he can get his cod out. Um mm. But they're washing, and again, this just shows you how bad this is. Like, you know, they were hinting at how bad it was, these little resettlement camps. But this is like FEMA bad. FEMA after Katrina bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Okay, once you started seeing all this. Enough to survive, really. And that's what it is. And I didn't even recognize who was playing soccer with them was Carly. Did you? Yeah, sorry, hair. That hair is in respect. Yeah, unmistakable. It is it is. Yeah, you're right. But I thought it was just another little kid, but it was Carly. No. Nope. Um it's funny if she would like they would have kicked it and she would just like <laughs> kick the piss out of it with her super soldier. She goes, Here, Billy, catch. Okay. Where's Billy? And there's a Billy sized shaped hole in the wall. Billy's not in Latvia anymore, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I in Kansas? <laughs> Um, 
So she but, uh, she gets word. So <laughs> you got something to say? No, I was just still laughing over that because now we're going to a serious uh, scene. I try to I could get my laughs out because it involves <laughs> somebody you know dying. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so at this part here, once you start seeing this, I remember I turned to Mrs. Guyver and I looked at her. and I go, you know maybe they're not the flag smashers aren't so bad look at how shitty this is yeah just trying to bring them supplies and you're angry because you're having confused feelings about the bad guys again i am angry because i'm having confused feelings about the bad guy again i have um villainality villain villain identity confusion Vic. I've got Vic. Or Vic. No, Vic. It'd be Vic. You got a bad case of the Vicks. I got I got Vicks. Mm-hmm. I got the bad case of the Vicks. So all right, go ahead. Oh, and so uh she gets word that basically they just tell her, you know, that she they don't say who, but she gets word that obviously somebody she cares about is not doing well. And that she needs to go be by her side because that's what she would want. Um, we see see her walking through the camp, through the building. Um, you come, there's a little <clears throat> close up of an EKG machine, and then a close up of the flag smashers, it logo insignia, whatever on a pennant. And I can't tell if Harley's holding it or if the lady who she's with is holding it. But uh, she's obviously emotionally distraught. She's laying at her bedside crying. She tells her, you know, she's sorry. Um, I'm sorry. You know, this lady's looking kind of pale and clammy. She's slipping away. She's going to die. That's just the scene, you know. And we don't find out just right. Like, we know that she's super important, Carly. We don't know who she is yet. Right, right. That's important. Keep a pin in that. And now we uh, cut to... Um, Cyberpunk and Night City. Cyberpunk and Night City. Mad for. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when I saw this. Like, well, not this scene because they're walking Actually, across the bridge. No, no, no. What, the over the water, the drone yeah. footage. Yeah, well, when they actually get into the city itself, and you see some, you see more of it. You know what? It, so to me, it kind of looked like. Yeah, no, I get that. I also like like. Um, like Dubai or like Singapore, yeah. you know, that you'd see the really expensive, rich cities. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, it's more um, of a, like an Asian influence metropolis than what we see, you know, here stateside because of all, it's not just a bright city. It's a bright city with a lot of colors. And so you, you see your, your typical like nighttime shots of like New York city, LA, wherever we have all these big high rises, like it's bright. There's just lights. You don't have a lot of color. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of the neons um, on a on a large scale. You know, you're gonna have those like down the street level and stuff. But when they they show the cool modern art looking bridge going into Madripoort, you see the shot <laughs> of the skyline, and there's your neon pinks and your blues and greens and yellows and oranges and stuff. It's very cool looking. And your light purples. Light purple, light purple. <laughs> um, and then as they're walking, starting to walk across the bridge, I love this scene. Bucky is dressed like the Winter Soldier again, his yep. arms out, 
Zemo is in his Zemo coat. <laughs> and then Sam goes, we have to fix this. I'm the only one who looks like a pimp. And I died <laughs> at that one. It is a very flashy outfit. And the okay, the arch on the bridge, that bridge was amazing. Yeah. That's that's a real bridge somewhere. I want to find out where because that looks cool. It does. Okay, so Zima goes, you look exactly like the man you're supposed to be playing. Sophisticated, charming African rake named Conrad Mack, a.k.a. the Smiling Tiger, and I lost it at that part. Smiling Tiger is a classic villain of the New Warriors who fought the New Warriors a lot. Go look up the Smiling Tiger. He has one of the coolest costumes ever. His One of his fatal flaws was he was feral. Like, he was, he could not... he couldn't function in normal society and like he had like super sharp claws and he was just, he was a badass. Was oh, a badass so he was like dude. an actual tiger. Like he, <coughs> like he had, it, he had it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a clever name. No, like look up the smiling tiger. Like okay. his costumes is pretty awesome. So I, I like how Sam's like, well, he, he does look like me though. So that's the, the second time that Zemo said something that, Sam wants to be pissed off about. Yep. But he can't. Because he's, like, well, he's right. Like when he was talking about the song before, he's like, he's out of line, but he's right. He's like, what do I, why am I, what do I look like? Okay, well, he does kind of look like me, though. But he has a terrible yeah. nickname. Like he's just, I'm, I'm yeah. loving the Sam Zemo dynamic right now. It's also cool. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. And, but do you think that had to have been a picture of, um, Anthony Mackey, don't you think? The picture that they did, and they just had him as the smiling tiger. I don't know. I kind of think I kind of think it looks like him. I mean, they only show it for like a second, so it's really hard to tell. But I think it kind of does. I don't think that I don't think that's him in the picture. That's I'm looking here. You see a better close-up of the picture. It looks a lot like him, but I don't think it's him. You don't think it's him? Mm -mm. Yeah, you're probably right. <clears throat> so, and he goes, you know, someone goes, who was it that said, was it Zemo who said, you smell this? And he's like, yeah, what is it, acid? And then Zemo just simply put Madripoor. Mm -hmm. We all know those places like that where you go and like that town has a distinct smell. Mm-hmm. It's it, it that's what it is. And I think that's their way of saying how toxic it is. Yeah. So and he Zemo reiterated, you have to stay in character. Your lives depend on it. You know, basically they're gonna smell through you. Mm -hmm. They're gonna smell who what you are. And then <clears throat> I just thought it was really suspicious that that car pulled up in front of them. And parked in the middle of the lanes, two lanes. That's a bad driver. Uh, yeah, it's very inconspicuous-ish. They're the only people on the road. But that's not weird. That's Madri That's Madripoor. Mm -hmm. Nobody's really coming in. And then they drive on in. They get this very cool, like samurai bike rider escort thing mm -hmm. happening. And you know they get the 
gigantic tall sissy bars with different insignia and things on the back. I wonder what though if those if that the groups of the bike riders signify anything from the comics or if it's just a cool little throw in. Um and I don't know. My mind went to Akira when I saw that. Just like Kaneda, like not Kaneda's bike, but yeah, like the clowns. Clowns and just like all the, <clears throat> the bike culture that surrounded that. And then so they you know the the bikes kind of they escort them through, they veer off, they get out, and then you get a better view of the actual city itself. You start to see stuff from the inside, and it is grimy and dirty and flashy all at the same time. With the there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you the like neon it. lights, the cables, the smoke. It just visually, it is freaking cool. It's a pretty. It really is as bad as it's supposed to be. It's a pretty place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was at least visually intriguing. Which. You know, I like synthwave, vaporwave looking <clears throat> stuff anyway. So this is kind of kind of grabbed my attention. Shady people everywhere, you know, carrying <clears throat> guns. There's like it's not like, just everywhere, it's literally every person you see. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're holding, you know, ARs and assault rifles and different types of guns up in the air, just like casually having conversations. There's Bags of what we're going to assume are illicit substances being just like shuffled around like it's an open air food market. They're dominoes. Yeah. And then we see the princess bar, and it like, and it wasn't because we talked about the you see uh, I think it was Sam that looked up and saw um, the neon sign for the princess bar, yep. and it wasn't like it was something that was in the <laughs> background that like. You know, you had to pause at just the right moment and like, oh, look back there in the back left side of the screen. <laughs> they focused on Princess Bar. It was in your face. It was in your face. That's for a reason. Then we get the cool monkey. It got the monkey. And then as they're going in, it pans out to some, um, I guess, spray painting. Tagging on the building behind it. And it says, uh, Power Broker is watching. And if you notice, I didn't notice it at first until we paused it. That's actually two sets of eyes right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, three. Is it three? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the the other sets like got the red all over them. Yeah, so it's very, you know, um, what is it? 1984 Big Brother is watching. Them yeah. Very- yeah. So, but yeah, there's. We've hinted at the power broker, but now, you know, or not even hinted. We saw, you know, power brokers goons last last episode. Mm-hmm. But now we know, you know, obviously the power broker has some sort of influence here in Madripoor. <clears throat> so. They're walking around in the princess bar. And again, everyone just looks shady. And they're all kind of they, getting out of their way. Did mm-hmm. they go into the princess bar or did they just pass? Is this where they are now? I didn't. I, yeah, I they're in the princess bar now. Sure. Okay. Yeah, they're in the princess bar. Princess bar is always a mainstay. If you need anything done in Mad Reports, through the princess bar. Okay. Um, So they go in and, you know, everyone's like, this is the winter soldier. And, 
And the bartender's like, big old guy. He's like, hello, gentlemen. Hey, and he's like, hey, wasn't expecting you, smiling tiger. And I like how Sam doesn't say anything. He just kind of nods. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how he's even supposed to sound. Exactly. No, no, yep. Just nod and affirm everything. Yeah. And you know, Zemo's like, we have to do business with Selby. Plans have changed. And then this uh, masked person pulls their hood down even lower and kind of walks off. And then you see Jojo, the circus boy, next with, you know, his cut ears and tattooed face. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Madripoor Spider-Man. <laughs> he just got spider webs tattooed on his face. There's, it's, that's not real. <clears throat> it's and he thing. looks at, it's a thing. And he looks at Smiling Tiger, says the usual. And Sam just kind of looks confused. And Bucky's kind of looking around. The guy pulls a snake out of a jar. And Sam's face, when he sees what it is, because he kind of turned around, then he looks at it. That's just gold right there, too. He, he maintains. <clears throat> he does maintain. And the guy starts slitting open the snake's belly. And Zemo's like, ah, because Zemo knows what's coming. I knew it was coming. And he looks, he goes, Smiling Tiger, your favorite. And the look, if you pause it just right on that part, look at Sam's face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a combo of I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to puke. <laughs> and I'm going to puke. And then Bucky just kind of like looks around. The bartender just like looked at him like, yeah, yeah, take that shot. Right. And I knew what he was doing because this is actually a delicacy, depending on where you are in some Asian countries. It's the snake heart. Okay. It's usually it's usually still beating though when they do it. It probably was. It's a delicacy. It's it's supposed to be good for um, men. Their stamina. Ah, it's like if you're gonna so, run a marathon, you need a snake heart. That, not that kind of stamina. If you're gonna climb Mount Kilimanjaro, you need a snake heart. If that's what you want to call her, yes. You're uh, planning on doing like a triathlon, and you really need to. Then you need a snake heart. Okay, I yeah, got you. Yeah, if, if, if that's what, yep, yep, yep. If you want to go all the way, um. Yeah. So, but it's usually so when they do it, they usually put the beating heart. You know, cut it out of the live snake, put the beating heart in, and it's still beating in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that depends on what Asian country. Some do it. You know, from a dead snake, put it in there. It's supposed to be a delicacy. I mm-hmm. have, don't think I would ever try it. I tried. I mean, if I it was offered to me, if I'm in a shady bar and like, you know, my cover depends on me drinking a beating snake heart shot. Or if it was just like, you know, Friday night and someone's like, hey, you want to try this? I probably would. Um, I like how it went from... I. <laughs> You're not you're even in would... the same. You're not even in the same ballpark with that one. It's like, you know, if my life depended on it, doing cover, or if someone on Friday night said, "Hey, you want to try this?" <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's not even the same like area. I'm just, I'm just saying I would try it. I'm not gonna... I, I could see you doing that, but if it was offered to, I mean, I don't want to be rude for one. You know, that's yeah. I, okay, you're right. 
you know. You're right. Yeah, I'll take your snake heart shot. You're like, all right, Johnny. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm going to go well, run that marathon. <laughs> I'm going to run that marathon. Any ladies listening who want to run a marathon with Kyle? Bring your own snake. Uh, bring your own snake. You get your own. <laughs> My snake. <laughs> My snake. So he offers it to Sam, and then Sam's look. Sam looks at the heart, looks at Zemo, but he picks it up. Mm-hmm. And he basically gives him the salute. Bucky kind of like, gives a look too, like, <laughs> like kind yeah. of crack a but, smile. He does the Bucky stare, mm-hmm. which he does really well. Bucky stays in character. Yeah, I would have been literally gagging at that point. And he gives Sam gives him a thumbs up, and the guys just yeah, like, like uh huh. <laughs> and then Walter White comes up and talks to Zemo. Uh, yeah, or is that kind of sh- or is that more, Walter White, or is that more like? The love child of Sid ha- Haig and uh, Walter White. Ooh, that. We'll go with that. Rip Sid Haig. Sig White. Yeah. One of my favorite actors. <clears throat> um, he, he was great. Um, he says, you know, I've heard from upper, the, the uppers, you're not welcome here. Um, word on high, you ain't welcome here. And Zemo just shoots right back, like not missing a beat. This is the Zemo's power of manipulation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right in front and center. I have no pow- business with the power broker. If he insists, he can come down and talk to me. And that's pretty brave. Mm-hmm. He looks at, you know, Bucky, new haircut. Or he said, or oh, bring Sobe for a chat. And the guy, for the most part, just kind of wanders off. And Bucky's like, power broker, really? And here's where it becomes apparent who runs Matterport at this point. He said, every kingdom needs a king. Let's just pray we stay under his radar. We know for a fact now, the power broker runs Matterport. It was hinted at, but now it's confirmed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sam's like, you know him? And Zemo's like, only by reputation. It's like, you only know this person by reputation? Yeah. He got him that far, and he's like, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I kind of know. Mm-hmm. I know a guy that knows a guy came this far. I know a guy. And yet he says in Madripoor, he's judge, jury, and executioner. And then this guy starts wandering up to Zemo. And if you notice, Zemo's just like turning around. Like he's not even stopping to to glance to assess the situation. He's already assessed it just from a quick turn. Yeah. So genius level intellect again. And then he sees what's coming. He turns around real quick. And as he's turning, he's speaking Russian. He's like, Winter Soldier, attack. And because they have to play their parts. The guy puts his arm on Zemo and Bucky grabs it and basically starts breaking it. And beats the shit out of him. And just starts kicking ass. Like, you can tell, I think Bucky needed this. Bucky had some... He he really needed to kind of get some some aggression out. What a better place, but matter poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he he starts kicking everybody's ass in the bar. Um, not gently either. Not gently. Um, guns start coming out. You hear you know guns being caught, which is weird. This always bugs me. Not this, just here. Any movie. Okay. Bar fight scene. Things happen, and then people start pulling guns out. Right. Right. This is a shady area. Shady people doing shady shit. Right. 
Their guns aren't loaded. <laughs> I never noticed that. I mean, it's not just here. It's like in almost any movie. Like it's to make the point. Like okay, shit's going down. I'm gonna chamber one real quick. <laughs> Very loudly. Again, again, I really want Kyle to be doing the sound effects for Marvel MCU from now on. We'll do uh, we'll do a dub over that at some point in time. <laughs> just... Chica chaka, chica, and chica. but yeah, like you see, like they're you know racking the slides on their pistols or you know running the charging handle on their their rifles and stuff. Like, were you guys just not ready for something? You're like, oh, we're just you know we'll have it. We're kind of ready. We're not totally ready. We we want to make sure we we need to take that extra two to three seconds to arm our weapon. In case something happens. Well, I guess it's it, and it kind of like okay. Full disclosure: I've never shot a gun in my life. Uh, the only really? gun I've ever shot has been where the duck or the dog laughs at me after I miss. That's literally we'll the only this gun summer. I've ever shot. I'll take you shooting. <laughs> we'll go shoot some shit. God, for the love of God, please go. Okay, here's here's how you do it. You point it. Kyle's mm-hmm. gonna give me something without bullets, probably, and he's gonna oh, yeah. shoot. He's gonna but um i i know for a fact like you're not supposed to like with shotguns like what they do in the movies like come on let's get ready and they just start what is that priming it what's it called yeah wrecking the slide on it like if you're ready you'd already have it yeah like there but doesn't that doesn't that eject the cartridge when you do that though too if you already have one in okay so but i know you're not loading your first shell yeah. Just like whenever they were racking the slides on the pistols and they're pulling charging handles on the rifles. That meant they didn't have one in the chamber. That meant it wasn't ready to shoot. They had their mags loaded. But, you know, if something happened, like, quick, they weren't able to, like, react and, and shoot instantly. That means they're going to have to, like, draw, load, and go, which is you just don't do that. But whatever. It's it's dramatic effect. Dramatic it's effect. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so he, uh, Zemo, you know, tells, was he telling Sam or Bucky? He's telling Bucky's staying character. Yeah, he's telling Bucky. And uh, they're told that, uh, what exactly were they told? Oh, he, yeah, he tells Bucky, you know, well done, soldier. <clears throat> Doing good staying character. And... Well, because he tells him that too, if you notice, because the tide's starting to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was about to get really ugly. And it's a it's a fight that, he knows that they couldn't win. Yeah. And then the bartender okay. says, Selby, we'll see you now. You know, just like, uh, all right. Uh, thank you, your honor. Yeah. And so they uh, they get whisked away to through the back rooms. You see all, you know, the money cages. And they, they do the really cool slow motion walk through everything. Piles of money. They're being followed by armed guards. Piles of really sketchy, bagged-up substances on tables. And we see her. We, uh, there she is. Yeah. Dang it, I forgot her name uh, again. <laughs> Selby. 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 We see Selby. That's a hard one. Hold I'm trying to... Well, because I keep wanting to call her Shelby. Yeah. So, did she look familiar? I couldn't tell. She kind of did, but she kind of didn't. 
Kind of didn't, kind of didn't. She, see, did she have an accent? She had a kind of a uh, Englishish accent. Platinum, short hair, that accent. Very, very European looking. Very, very European. European. And she says, people just don't walk into my bar and make demands. And so Zemo goes into, um, you know, he's in he's in his element now. You know, he's negotiating. It's not demands an offer. He says, it's been a long time since you've been here. Thought you were running away in a German prison. Um, how'd you escape? And he answers her question without telling her anything, which, you know, people like us always find a way. Mm-hmm. But something else he's very good at is moving the conversation forward, keeping things going. He knows where he wants to steer this. He's trying to get more information out of him. He's not going to give out any more information than he needs to. He apparently has never seen Smiling Tiger before. Apparently none of these people may have ever seen him up close, except for maybe the bartender. The bartender has. How the bartender not... Maybe they just hadn't seen him very much. Just not enough to, you know, throw him off. But, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so Zemo starts prodding her for information. And, you know, this, the, asking about the serum. Offering, you know, a barter. I'll give you the Winter Soldier. You tell me this information. I'll give you him, you know, with the, the code words to control him. Bucky's standing very... You know, very stoic and, you know, staying in character. Zemo's like just straight up fucking with him. He's like, he's controlling him and starts like moving his lips. And I think that that has to be another one of those scenes. Every episode has had it where, where I'm like, I know that they had to shoot that at least three or four times because they were going to be busting up laughing. And I so when. When Zemo said, you know, along with the code words to control him, and he says he'll do anything you want. And so he's just like rubbing his face. Well, and, and, and he grabbed the bottom of his lips like he's making him talk. Yeah. Like, like he's, he's going, I'm making him do whatever I want. Yeah. And I agree. Like, well, if you, if you pause literally right after that, she's kind of got this little smirk like she's trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. And Zemo looks like, Kind of the same thing. Uh, it, I want to see the gag reel for this series. I do too. I know there's going to be so much stuff that, yeah. So anyway, so she said, you know, you're right to come to me. Arrogant, which is emo, but right. Also Zemo. Uh, also. You know? Also Zemo. Um, she just straight up tells him this, the serums here matter poor. Dr. Wilfred Nagel is the man you want to thank. Um, condemned depending on what side you're on and she says the power broke like she's just like spilling the beans out of nowhere because she you know she wants, she, she she wants has nothing to lose almost yeah yeah it's like I'm gonna get a super soldier I'm gonna tell you everything and uh, you know Zemo keeps prodding for more information uh, is he still here you know she says the break room you can have for free the bakery is gonna cost you Baron um, and tell him, like, don't tell him, don't think you can find Nagel without me. And so Nagel is, uh, from some of the 
you know, I, I didn't read uh, the series. What was it? Truth series that had, um, uh, what was it? Was it Isaiah? Uh, Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So did you read that, that series at all? What about Isaiah? A long, uh, long, long time ago. So apparently Nagel was one of the scientists that in, in the books, not here, not in the show, but right. in the book was one of the scientists that helped develop it for yeah, he, Isaiah. Yeah, he was, he was, so Nagel, if I remember correctly from canon, original canon, I think he might've been like a, um, he was either a fan of, uh oh what's his name the guy who developed the super soldier serums for steve he was either eric, like his eric stein eric stein eric stein something like that either that or he's like a fan i can't remember i i'm overthinking this i'm sure okay yeah, so that's where on. that's where nagel okay. comes in yep uh, then sam's phone rings and selby tells him to answer it on speaker and it's sam's sister huh. which and, you this is this is a great scene. It really is. And so he's he starts playing off, you know, she's luckily she's talking pretty vaguely about things. And, you know, she's like, situation. He's like, What situation are we talking about? And she's like, Are you high? You know, the only situation you know me and have. He's like, What situation, Sarah? Say it. And she, the, you know, the damn boat and talks <laughs> about the banker. And he's like, Yeah, the bank laundered. Laundered so much, yeah. They'll they'll come around. <laughs> I can play it all off. Yes. And hey, uh, like, he's getting. You notice he gets louder. Yeah. Like I don't Just know if trying he's trying to play it off. Trying to play it off, or trying to subtly hint to his sister, like I need you to get off the damn phone now. <laughs> um. I, I think it might have been a little of both. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, the banker. So he'll he'll be thinking that when I have him killed." <laughs> like he's fumbling through this so hard, you know. And you can see the look on Zemo's face. Like you know, like Zemo's nervous. Like his asshole is puckered up tight right now because like we are screwed. He's gonna blow the cover. It's bad. It's really bad. And he almost makes it through it until. You know, she the kids start yelling in the background about Cheerios and all these different things. And she's like, Sam, I'll call you back. And as soon as she says Sam, Selby. You saw the shit. Mm-hmm. You see the look over Selby's face, and she knows right then something's not right. She's like, who's Sam? Kill them. Like within like a half a second. You know, she's like, kill them. And then you hear a shot ring out. And Selby gets shot dead center, like center chest or through her back, one of the two. I can't tell like where it went in. But a shot rings out. Selby gets shot, and they start kicking everybody's ass in the uh, little holding room there. Acquire some weapons. And now Zemo is in super freakout mode because we're like, we have a problem. Leave your weapons, follow my lead. Mm-hmm. And now there is this. This is cool. I didn't catch this. I should have went back and watched it when I first saw it, but I didn't see what the currency was. Um, but 
And you see them leaving out then you see screenshots of everybody checking their phones or not screenshots, but your phone's going off. Look down at this guy holding his phone and it's from a it's is it, messages. Is it or a message? Well, no, it, it's well, first of all, it's from an unknown number zero 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 all the way right. across. Selby dead, 1000 Bitcoin bounty for her killers. Oh, is it Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, it is, isn't it? I didn't notice yeah. that. Okay, did this remind you of John Wick? A little bit. Like when John went um, excommunicado. Wait, was that three? Uh, that was two. two. That was in the end of two. Remember, because he killed the guy and then he killed him in the hotel, which was um, neutral oh, ground. Yeah. yeah. And then they gave him the thing and then they said, John Wick is now excommunicado and everyone's cell phones started going off with the bounties. Mm-hmm. So, before so this the- is what it reminded me of. Yeah, and so before they even get uh, just as soon as they're out of the building, like everybody knows, with like the vendors on the streets making, you know, shooting at them with their hand, they're, they're finger banging them as they go down the street. They're, they're finger banging. And it's it's the it's the little what is she? Is that's not like a red light district, but she's like she had if you look at the scene before it, she had a microphone. Is she like a fortune teller or maybe like a street side karaoke artist? Window dancer, <laughs> straight street side karaoke artist. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know Zima's not good. So this was a, a great scene. This really yeah, it's was very choreographed. As I go back and watch it, you know you see the motorcycles crossing in the back in sync with shots going out and uh, just a all the action going on behind them. Um, bikers oh, are after. Now- Okay, so now that I get a better look at those bikes, you know what those things probably are on the back? They have them in a lot of Oriental countries. Really? That's the courier bikes. That's what they stick stuff in, like food and stuff, so it doesn't slosh around. Oh. So I'm wondering if that's what those are. And, you know, because, like, everyone in Matapur is, like, basically has some connection to the underworld. I'm yeah. wondering if it's like that. Or just, that could be. Oh, the, when the two cross behind them, they have looks like they had people on the back. Yeah, it looks like yeah, where they could strap stuff to it. And so now they're you know they're running, uh, going down the alleys. Shots start ringing out from. Shots guess, ring like a bell. Mm-hmm. Second story window, the they're the people that they are being chased by get dropped uh, by a hidden assailant. That's obviously guardian working angel. in their fa- guardian angel working in their favor. And we see somebody emerge from the shadows. And Chris, you take that because you're more familiar with this. It was the person from the bar who mm-hmm. put their hood down. It's Sharon Carter or Peggy Carter's, um, the founder of Shield, the um, Steve's great love of Steve's life, her niece. Sharon, if you remember, is the nurse from the Winter Soldier who lived across the hall from Steve, who turned out not to be a nurse, but an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. She's also the ones who, in Civil War, got Sam his wings back and Steve his shield back, which made her an enemy of the state. Yep. She became labeled a traitor there. Sharon is a, she's an elite S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, deep cover. So, badass. You know, 
yeah, she's bad. You don't fuck with Sharon. You really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, and she's literally she's holding a gun up, and we'll get to this here in a little bit. But Marvel did Sharon wrong. They did this character wrong. Okay. All right. So we'll get to it in a little bit. Yeah. Curious, yeah. Because I'm curious your thoughts on that then. Um. Because she was such a big part of the movies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a very, very big part. And her history is wrapped with Captain America so in-depth in the comics. Like, I'd like to see her fleshed out a lot more. Um, I think this could be the beginning of that. For sure. It, it could be. Or I'm hoping that they just don't throw her away. Yeah. Because they needed someone. Um, And basically, Sharon's like, you know you know falcon's like i was on the run and she's like yeah i win i don't talk to my family i have you find out she's living in matterport now yeah living pretty well yeah she's living very well but the way she's living is not lawful no so i don't know it's i think they've done her dirty you know you find out that things haven't you know while sam's still a hero Bucky's been pardoned. Sharon, nothing happened with Sharon. This is why I think she was done dirty by Marvel. She's on the run still. Like if she goes back to the U.S., she's getting, um, she's being labeled a traitor Mm -hmm. and getting arrested, so she can't go back. Kind of tragic hero storyline, I guess you could say. Yeah, which could play out good. It could play it really good. I, I hope they keep her around because I really like her character. Yeah, and I think just that they could do a lot with it. Excuse me. Um, how she, now we know where she's at. We know what she's been doing. You know, they she goes to her estate, and uh, you know she talks about you know living well because now she's like, I'm gonna live the life as a hustler undercover. Then I might as well hustle and find out she's been like fencing stolen artwork original artwork like Monet she has and armed guards at her gate when they walk in yeah and i like how sam's like oh you're making your living peddling you know fake yes. Monet's or whatever and they're like no it's real and uh <clears throat> so he he looks it up or he you see sam pull out his phone as you know, Zemo's looking at the artwork, and Zemo knows that this is the real deal stuff. And uh, <laughs> Stan pulls out his phone. He's looking at it, and Bucky walks by. He's like, yeah, what does Google say? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and Sam goes, no shit. Yep. So, yeah, she is a stolen art vendor. Cool. She, which, if you think about it, makes sense. She's on the run she can't do things legally to make money where they can trace back to her. Yep. Why not go to the most lawless city in the world? Mm-hmm. You do what you have to to survive. And she is doing quite well. Where they obviously operate with crypto quite a bit. It's kind of cool. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Cause a thousand Bitcoin, that's quite a bit of bank right now. Yeah. Like right now, if you had a thousand Bitcoin at 50 K Bitcoin, it's uh, yeah, three more zeros to that. Fifty k, five hundred k. It's fifty bit, fifty million. Jesus, U.S. dollars. 
if my math's right. I think it is. I'm still kind of tired. Right. Uh, no, you know more than I do. Hmm. Um, I'm just moving zeros, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but she says, you know, I'm hosting clients in an hour. They're getting ready. And she's like, you guys got to get out of the pimp costumes, basically. Mm-hmm. And Sam's with the shirt off. She's like, much better. I'm like, oh, Sharon. Uh-huh. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Sharon. Um, it's like, what is up, Sharon? Why don't you want to ever go back home? And she said, that's where she says straight up, they'll lock me back up if I step foot back in the States. Yeah. And she said the reason that she's there is because Matterport doesn't allow extradition. And that's exactly why she's staying there. It's a lawless town, lawless city. And Sam's like, you know, I'm sorry I didn't call. You know, he's to me, it's a bunch of excuses, is what he was trying to make. Mm-hmm. And she called him out on it. And she's like, look, you know, the whole hero thing's a joke. Like, she doesn't believe in heroes anymore at this point, which. No, she's pretty jaded, rightfully so. Extremely jaded. And it, you're extremely right because, you know, she, she had a thing for Steve. She helped them and look yeah. what it got her. Yep. Um, and then she brought up too, you know, the way that you gave up this, the shield, you know, deep down, you know, it's hypocrisy. And then for the first yeah. time we hear Bucky speak up. Good. I was like, I said, you know, Bucky's just eating that up. Yeah. Well, that's what he's yep. making he on goes, Sam. He, he goes, he knows and not, no, as Zemo said, he knows and not so deep down. And then she was like, by the way, how's the new Kevin? The Bucky's just sitting on the couch. Don't get me started, old man Bucky. Mm-hmm. Just staring. Uh, yeah. It, and uh, was it Sharon that goes, yeah, she goes, please, you buy into this, you buy into all that Stars and Stripes bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's like, you know, before you were his pet psychopath, you were Mr. America, Cap's best friend. You know, she's really going after Bucky, too. Yeah. Well, she's tell, pissing all of can, them. Yeah, she, well, well, and, you know, Bucky kind of screwed her, too. Not, like, physically, but, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, she's just really rubbing at him, and she's like, and who was it? Was it Sam who goes, you know, you're kind of awful now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just kind of gives him this, okay. Yeah. So, you know, he's telling her, like, we need your help, Karen. And she oh, said, no, it, was, well, it was Bucky. Bucky yeah. said, wow, you're kind of awful now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, I, I can help you. I can get your name clear, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't want charity. You know, you're just, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't want to be used again. And that's what she feel like feels like she's getting ready to get set up for it, and she's not having any of it at first. Um, but Sam finally kind of breaks through. He's like, I'm going to try, like, I'll, when we get back, I'll clear your name, and you can come home, and just, we just need your help. And uh, I'm like, I'm willing to try if you are. You know, she said, declare the bionic staring machine. <laughs> that's, that's, he's just always giving him shit and i love it well uh, and it, it's it's a great line yeah and she, she finally gives in like i think she probably 
wanted to from the get go to help him. Right. I, I think I don't think she. I mean, yeah, she's jaded and she's pissed and she's, you know, stuck in this terrible millions of dollars home with, you know, servants and armed guards and high end liquor and all this stuff. Ever, but she wants to go home. She's homesick. Uh, she's homesick. She lost everything. And so I think she. I mean, she she's timid about helping them or wanting to help them, but deep down she really did want to help them. Even, you know, because that's just who she is, no matter how jaded she is right now from everything. And so she's like, I'll get some information. She says, you know, she has the party tonight, tells everybody lay low, blend in, stay out of trouble, and I'll see what I can find. So she's going to, you know, work her magic through the crowd and, and get info. Curtin <laughs> Zemo's just like, trouble. You know? Yeah. And so then there's, you had this huge party. You know, there's DJs. I'm going to assume there's probably a lot of cocaine going on in the corners. Probably some mm-hmm. ecstasy. And everybody's dancing. They've got their tablets and devices out, and they're reviewing all the artwork that she's selling. Uh, music's going. Drinks are flowing. Bucky is, like, kind of enjoying it. You see he's, like, walking around, like, kind of looking. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was saying, too, watching the scene, it's like, God, that can you imagine the COVID protocols for filming this scene? Uh, they're Matterport. It doesn't matter there. Oh, for filming the scene, yeah. For filming the scene. No, 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 not Matterport. No, but like for the for the real actors, like look how many people are just mushed together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Matterport is like they don't enforce the uh, mask mandates. Mask mandate. Yeah, yeah no, they're, no. they're like, my, my freedom. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that would have been it. The bitch to shoot. One of my favorite things happens in this little short scene here, though, because you see, you know, Bucky looking around and kind of nodding his head. Sam's talking with people, and then you just see Zemo by himself, just like dancing, like doing doing the night at the Roxbury, like one hand fist pump. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was deal. hilarious. I still got it. <laughs> we're having fun. Yeah, we're having fun now. <laughs> we're having fun. This is the time in Sprockets when we dance. They dance! <laughs> do, do, do. Mm, 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 mm. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Sprockets. Uh, so no, it's the time on Sprockets when we dance. <laughs> that was good, dude. <laughs> okay, so... Um, what did they say at the end? They said, um, it's just people having fun. Mm-hmm. Zemo doing the fist pump, mm-hmm. and then Sharon's like, "Guys, I found him," and yeah. that's the end of that party. Yeah, it was a quick party. It took her like thirty seconds. She found the guy she was looking for. Now they're back out, and so I'm assuming this this had to be like either the party went really late into the night, or this was a daytime party because now they're at the docks with all these containers. They're wearing the same shit they were wearing at the party, and so they did like the walk of shame to the port, maybe. Is there a walk of shame in Matterport, though? Probably not. That's probably just Matterport? the walk. It's just like the, the walk, because yeah. I don't think there is shame. Mm-mm. Like, no, when is. Lisa yells at Homer, you know, Dad, hide your shame! There would be no shame there. No shame. You just walk in the streets. It's like no scrubs. It's no shame in Madripoor. Mm-mm. Oh, shame. Dave Coulier could holler at whoever he wanted there. He no could. songs written about him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to worry about any uh, no any retaliation there. 
No. <laughs> no districts on Dave Coulier and no. Matterport. Dave Coulier, if you're listening, consider moving you. to Madripoor. We love way. you. We do love you. But consider moving to Madripoor. You hilarious man for you. <laughs> so they see this container and it's empty, but Zemo goes straight for the back and looks at it and pushes in and you hear music playing. I thought they may be getting set up. This, this part made me nervous because like, they're just going to like, are you just going to walk into the container? And you know, she's hanging outside. Like I kept waiting for that door to slam and she was going to like turn them in. Mm-hmm. Well, did you notice? So I didn't notice this till I had the caps on going through this. Do you notice what the song's lyrics are? I, I did. Trying to, I, I wanted to look back and see what the song actually was. Okay. I'm coming home, baby. Come on home. Coming home, baby. He, you know, I'm waiting here for you. I'm coming home now real soon. You've been gone. Coming home, baby. Now you don't know what I'm going through. I'm coming home. I know I'm overdue. Since you went away, expect me any day. How I feel too now real soon. You think that's completely picked because of the Sharon arc? Maybe. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can see what song that is. I have a hunch it's probably wrong. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for a, a cheeseburgers. Um, they're, they're a song from um, Super Jail. Yeah, I've never watched Super Jail. Oh, that's such a good show. It's so messed up. You would love it. It's like the boys, except in 13-minute arcs. So I'm looking this up. Okay. So what you're looking up. So they're, you know, they're going in guns drawn and they see this guy who we assume is the scientist sitting here. And then he turns around gas and they're like, Dr. Is it Dr. Nag Nagel? Nagel, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, who wants to know? And they're like, you know, we know you created the super soldier serum. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Get out of my lab. Goes around and there's the winter soldier and he stops dead in his tracks. So Bucky is very, very well known in Madripoor. Was it ever said, said that he had went there? Um, if this is the bar that they met, if the princess bar is the bar that they that Isaiah and Bucky met in, then yes. Okay. That's where I'm kind of putting, trying to see if I'm putting two and two together at that part. Did he say where the bar was? He did. I'll have to go back and look at that again, but it, this may have been the bar. It was. They said in South Korea, I believe. Okay. Um, he said, this is Baron Zemo. I know you've heard of him too, right? And Zemo's just looking at him. If you remember why Zemo would be looking at this guy like this, this guy has created super soldiers. Zemo hates super soldiers. Zemo does hate and super then, soldier. And then Sharon says that, um, you know, over the intercom, guys, we got company. These three armed guards, armed guys just come through. And all of a sudden, Sharon comes out with a baton and just total, like, it was very Black Widow-ish to me. Mm -hmm. Like, that level. She and kicks so literally, much Oh, my God. She beats the shit out of these three guys. So Mad Report's like... Um like Singapore areas, not Korea, the more uh, okay. like Pacific Island. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So it's own little island. Indonesia. Or is it on air, a, yeah. Indonesian air. Okay. I think they said that, didn't they? May have. We might have just missed it. We might have. Um, then another guy comes around. She knocked the three guys to the ground with this giant knife, and she puts them on the ground with this arm bar and then stabs him in the butt. Mm-hmm. And he's down. And she tosses the knife, blind tossed the knife. Did you see that? Because she heard the guy coming. And it went into his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, blind tossed. And then starts kicking his ass, but he picks her up, slams her down, and she's like, ow. But she never stops, if you notice. Hmm. Next thing you know, they're, they're you know the the three big bad guys who you know who have fought you know fought aliens, fought soups. They're sitting here, three of them on this one little scientist, yeah. and they're sharing yeah. outside, they're demolishing guys. Yeah, yeah. She's like calling. I was like, hey, like every assassin in the town's here. Hey, all this is happening. And they're just like, all right, scientist man, you know. Give us your lunch money, nerd. And she's out All there. All right, scientist man. Yeah. Like, they could, they, they just needed one guy there, and the rest of them could have <laughs> went out helping out. But she's out there just, and it was just a setup and and uh, reiterate, like, how much of a badass she is. Is really what. It's true. She was, really is. What's the point of that? And then, you know, he says, I was brought into Hydra's Winter Soldier program to pick up their work. After the five failed test subjects in Siberia, when Hydra fell, I was recruited by the CIA. So he's getting into his full backstory right now, how he came yeah. into the program. He's spilling all the beans. And he says, this is extremely important right here. Um, they had blood samples from an American test subject with semi-stable traces of the serum in his system. And Sam just goes, oh, shit. And Bucky's just, you know, doing the stare. But, you know, they they meet. Their eyes mm-hmm. meet. They know what's... They're talking about Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. From his 30 years of imprisonment and the forced blood samples. And he says, you know, I was able to isolate the necessary comp- compounds in his blood. And then he said, I was a god. There it is right there. Mm-hmm. This guy is caught very up defiant, on, too. defiant, but really caught up on. Um, he did all this stuff with no recognition for it. He's like, right. "This wouldn't have happened without me. This is me. This is you know, very uh, arrogant about it in a way. Extremely arrogant about it." Zemo finds a gun under a desk. Mm. Oh, before that, he he does tell them. You know, they ask how how much of it is out there. And right. he said, "What uh, twenty samples?" Twenty. And, yeah, twenty. Uh, well, twenty vials, and Carly stole all of them. We know she's used at least eight. Power broker is pissed because those were supposed to be his to use as he pleased. So you know, you got. The kingpin of the most seedy city in the entire MCU right now, after mm-hmm. this one one group. Um, and I guess she had reached out to him to at, to help out with uh, 
Or he asked, they asked where she is now, and she said that she'd reached yeah. out to see if he could help with someone named Donya Medini, who had tuberculosis. You know, the lady on the bed earlier in the uh-huh. uh, in the episode, she put those two together pretty easily. And um, he said it's typical of overpopulation and displacement camps like this. So not only are they short on supplies, they, they're in bad shelter, they're in bad conditions, and disease is running rampant in these camps because of the overpopulation. So people are dying off. So this makes you kind of, you know, feel for the flag smashers again. They're, they've got a fairly noble cause now at this point mm-hmm. that they're fighting for. Um, they ask him, you know, what happened to the woman? He just says, not my pig, not my farm. Yep. You know, and uh, basically, you know, not his problem. Not his. He did what he needed to do, and he's you know he washes his hands of it. And then we go back to Sharon kicking ass again, in the <laughs> in the containers. You know, we've seen her her physical skill, you know, hand to hand skills. You know, stab the guy, stab another guy, get some pistols. Um, now we see more of just how badass she is with a gun. You know, short range, close quarter combat. And make no mistake about it, she's a badass. Mm-hmm. And um, then we go back to the to the guys in the container. Bucky asks him if there's any serum in the lab. He says no. Uh, Sharon runs into the container, and uh, finally tells him, "Like guys, we got to get out of here." You know, now they know there's no serum. And Zemo shoots the nerd. Damn you, Zemo. You knew this was going to happen, though. Oh, yeah. Well, when he grabbed the pistol, he was setting up for it. And, I, you know, we all knew this was going to happen. Zemo's reasoning, he, this man contains the knowledge to make more serum. Mm -hmm. This man is too dangerous in Zemo's eyes to stay alive. So, so he gets Zemo'd. He gets Zemo'd. Zemo does what Zemo does. Container gets RPG'd from the outside, which now, you know, stuff's going to blow up. I look back, that dude was going to die anyway. Yeah. Man, I can't be too mad at Zemo. <laughs> That's just Zemo. That's just Zemo. But yeah, so once that rocket hit, they probably weren't going to save that guy anyway. He was dead either way. And, uh, so they they leave the uh, wreckage of the container. See that they're surrounded. Um, they're they're doing callouts. Bucky and Sam have some miscommunication about who needs to go where. Um, they start, you know, capping pools. You see Sam like use a gun, which you don't see very often. Like no, you don't you don't you see, don't see our gun. our soups use guns often. You see Sam with a gun all the time though. Except just like the little Uzi in his suit, though. Yeah, but he he doesn't use it a lot though. He's usually like he's usually flying That's around, true. grabbing stuff like him, like on the ground without his wings, just shooting That's stuff. That's true. That's and, true. You know, I mean, we kind of talked about this before. We don't have very many gun wielding super. We're seeing more in this episode than I think we've seen in the whole run. 
because right. we just had Black Widow before. Now we got a you know right. a new cap that carries a gun all the time and uses it in a fight because he shot. Mm-hmm. And when the superheroes, we got Sam using guns. We got man, Bucky used guns, and so we'll, we'll give him that. But he used them less and less. And so I think that that just leans more to the the action, the you know the buddy cop action uh, dynamic dynamic that we're getting out of this show. So, did you get to the part where Zemo's walking on top of the crate, the container? Not yet. I just got where Sam and Bucky were arguing about. Oh well, yeah, that, this right here. This actually no, this says is it right here. Uh, when Bucky's like, I thought we were going left, and he's like, you went the wrong way, and and uh, Bucky's like, I was clearing the way, I came out first. So they're arguing back and forth about where to go. Sharon's like, guys, it's not the time. And Sam looks at him like hands at him, goes, it's in every action movie. Yeah. So I think that's another thing, just driving it home of the genre that they're going for. And now we have Zemo on the the, uh, container. And let you take that from here. Okay. So he's on the container and he's in full Baron Zemo costume at this point now. And he's just calmly walking up and he shoots the gas line. Mm -hmm. Takes out all the guys after them, just about. You know, there's two guys left just looking what's going on. And Zemo just whips across, shoots one, shoots another. And kicks the dude into like the fire and shoots him in the face. Mm-hmm. Zemo will do whatever it takes to accomplish this mission. Zemo's a badass fighter too. He really is. He's an expert. He's an expert in weapons. Yeah. So they're still getting fired at. And then I don't know if you noticed this, but when Bucky picked up that pipe and that uh, female assassin was going to shoot at him or was shooting at him picked it up with his bionic hand he hit that one guy threw it at her it went right through her shoulder pinning her into the large shipping container mm-hmm. got a little umph to it a little bit a little bit so they go hide in there and like they're like don't tell zemo we're in here yeah Playing a little hide and seek with the Zemo. Right. And Zemo, you know, goes, oh, hello. And then he he walks into the container. All of a sudden, you see him pull up in a car, classic mm-hmm. car. And he's, a, you know, supercharged. What is it? It looks like a GTO. Let me go back and see the front of it. Is that a Pontiac symbol? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Pontiac GTO. He pulled up in. Let me rewind back. I'm going off a... Of... Uh, he's like supercharged. G- so they pile into the car. Bucky takes shotgun. <laughs> this is great. And behind him, he's like, you're not going to scoot your seat up, are you? And Bucky goes, nope, and they drive mm-hmm. off. <laughs> yeah, so they, they try to get Sharon to go back, and she's like, I can't. Just get what you promised me. Thanks for everything. She's gone. Disappears back and into she's the like, daylight shadows. She says, just keep your promise. Um, so her driver's there to pick her yeah they drive off her driver's there to pick her up um driver like you know we got a problem she's got actually a couple of them i'll tell you in the car let's go so that's her trusted assistant i'm guessing and so we'll get some more out of her later and then we we cut back to i guess we're still in latvia or where are we now we are damn. back in, where yeah, we're at Latvia now. I know we're in Lithuania. 
Oh, is it Lithuania? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lithuania. We're at the um, GRO facility. GRT. GRT, GRO, SMB, mm -hmm. LMNOP. SNM. And so they're... SNM. <laughs> the front of the gate... <laughs> did this seem like it was just too obvious of a thing? The uh, The symbol on the front of the gate? Yep. X-Men reference. Yeah. It's just like, yep, we're not even going to hide this one. This is for all the people that don't get that. Like, they're like, we're putting this in there for everybody that didn't catch the subtle hints. Like, here's a huge fucking X on a gate. <laughs> and it's Let red. you guys know that this might be happening. Well, and then, you know, she's talking to, it's, it's, um, why can't I think of her name right now? What's her name? Carly. Carly, yeah. Carly's yeah. talking to this guy, you know, about how she wanted to be a teacher. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're scouting out this place yeah, to try and go get what they need. And she's like, we're going to use all our strength to get these kids in this camp. You know, she's very likable at this point right now because he's like, you know, right now, you, you yeah. know, the power, yeah, the power broker is going to catch up with us eventually, right? And she's mm -hmm. like, that's not a problem. Like she hasn't taken any time to grieve over her mom, which mm -hmm. we assume is her mom. Well, she called her mom and Donya. I think she was the, I don't think it was actually her mom. I think it was like, she was like mother the, figure, the mother figure to the group. Okay. And she's like, you know, the power breaker broker is going to catch up with them. She's like, yeah, whatever. You know, Nagel was killed in Madripoor. And she's like, we got the last of the serum and, the power broker is about to come begging. Yeah, we know how that always works out with supervillains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's the thing, though, and she's making a really good point. Or I think the point she's trying to make is that he's not going to kill all of them. Right. Because right. he needs their blood to make more serum. He needs mm -hmm. that to be able to reproduce it. So, I mean, they're not all going to die, but they're probably not all going to make it out really well. Right. Next thing you know, we see, you know, uh, Captain America and Battlestar. And they're at the prison, and basically they're putting two, two and two together. Battlestar's like, you really think that, you know, Sam and Bucky would have broken zero out of prison? He's kind of chuckling about it. And Walker's like, I think that's exactly what they, they did. They wanted leads like us. And Battlestar's like, we can't accuse them of something without evidence. And he goes, which is exactly why you and I are going to run with this one for a minute, which again shows the difference between Steve and mm -hmm. John. John will do anything. Well, yeah. And that line he says, where if we get the job done, do you think they're going to sweat us on the how? And that, like you said before, that, you know, complete the mission at any cost is uh, US agent thing. And it's just sitting here going, why? Seriously? Mm -hmm. That's good. I, I, I was starting to like him and I didn't want to like him. So now I have a reason not to like him again. Like, there we go. Because mm -hmm. they were making him relatable and likable. Yep. Shows the guys back on the plane, the, the amazing trio um, back on the plane. And Sam's actually getting hit by what, what happened with Sharon. Yeah. And then... You know, it's hitting Sam all at once. You know, it referring to Isaiah like he wasn't a real person. Yep. 
and he's like, you know, how many people have to get steamrolled by this hunk of metal? And then he said, well, it depends on who you ask, but this hunk of metal saved a lot of lives. So I think that the hunk of metal they're referring to is Cap Shield. Yeah. And this part's so important right here, too. And Sam goes, I made a mistake. And he's like, yeah, you did. And he's like, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have put it in a museum. Maybe I should have destroyed it. And then Bucky looks at him. And he said that shield represents a lot of things to a lot of people, including me. The world is upside down and we need a new cap and it ain't going to be Walker. So before you destroy it, I'll take it from him myself. First time we've heard Bucky say, I will be cap. I will take up the mantle. And what I liked here <clears throat> was before this, if, if Sam would have said anything about like destroying this shield or whatever, Bucky would have lost his shit, right? Mm-hmm. he's right, pretty right. calm right here like he i think this shows that bucky is kind of understanding sam more now mm-hmm. and so he's talking to him calmer and he's like yeah just like i get what you're saying but i'm going to pick up the mantle before you get rid of it and which bucky's really grown like even in the three episodes that we've been watching yeah. this he's really grown um and again, if you remember from episode one, I said in the comics, Bucky took up the mantle of Cap for a while. Yeah. That'd be um, cool to see. I, uh, his his Captain... Did, did you ever go look up his Captain America costume? Go look it up. Uh-huh. It was like black. It's really cool. Um, so it's uh, Bucky, Captain America. I'm on it right Let's now. See. Don't look at the fan art ones. Like, look at the real comic ones. It's like really shiny and like black, and it's got like it's. He carries around his gun a lot with it. Oh yeah, I see. He's he's black and blue. Yeah, and that looks cool. Yeah, his costume's actually really awesome. That looks really cool. So, you know, Buck, this is important. Bucky saying, "I'm going to pick up the mantle." Since you aren't going to do it, I'm going to pick it up. And then Sam's cell phone rings, and I told I told Mrs. Guy, I'm like, he has the best cell coverage anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, seeing Zemo being a really gracious host, you know, bringing some yep. food. There we go. Now we're starting to like Zemo more. Now this is and, going to turn out. And then... And then you find out that the person that they were going after is dead. Yeah. The mama, mama Rigatoni. What was her name? I don't remember. I don't remember either. That's how much it doesn't matter. (laughs) And then Zemo says some very, very something really fun. Uh, I, for for one, am looking forward to coming face to face with Carly. Do you think that's foreshadowing at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I do, too. Car- you think Carly's going to kill Zemo? No, I think... I think, think Zemo's uh, secretly pulling the strings that we haven't seen yet? That's a possible... Nah. I know he hates super soldiers. He KGB's- hates super soldiers, but but he was, he was also using the Winter Soldier. Remember, he said it's nothing personal. You are a means to the end, which means he'll do anything for a means to the end. Yeah. So he could have some ulterior motive that we don't know about that he's secretly I'd, using them to ultimately destroy them. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. Well, hang on. We'll Next put a pin in that theory. 
Yeah. Next thing you know, uh, Flag Smashers are raiding the facility. And they're like, it's the mother no load, enough for the whole camp. And they just they're just sitting on this stuff. They're picking up all these supplies. Yep. And loading up this minivan, which I don't really get. Um and then it's a big key. van. Yeah. And then you see the guards in, inside all tied up to the to the pillars, and they said filthy flag smashers. And Carly turns, you, you know it's Carly because she goes, You had six months worth of worth of supplies just sat there in the building don't you understand we're fighting for our lives and she just you know shuts the door on him walks out the cars are leaving she she goes to uh old boy's car who's she talking to earlier uh, dovich and he said carly aren't you taking your car and she's like nope and i go i know exactly what's going to happen here um it she gets in and she's like put on your seatbelt. put your seatbelt on now and she's like what her car explodes. Mm -hmm. And the whole building explodes and is on fire. And he's like, there are still people in there. And she just looks. She has the most matter-of-fact look on her face at this point. Did you see that part? Yep. And she's like, violence is the only language these people understand. Carly has now gone from being just stealing stuff. Mm-hmm. To becoming a full-fledged terrorist at this point now. At they that just, point, which, she, she, yeah, she went she over the line, the line and killed. You know, yeah, she, I mean, she people that were just doing their job, right? Right. So Walker is, you know, we've already seen Walker obsessed with finding her. I think we're going to see something beyond obsession at this point now. Yeah, because he was working with the uh, GRC mm -hmm. hand in hand, so. So I think, it, you know, she's just crossed the line. So we knew this was coming, but I didn't think it would be this soon in the episode. Yeah. Now we're in we're um, back in Latvia. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I heard what Hopin was Slakovia cannibalized by by its neighbors. Um, what do you say? Cannibalized by its neighbors before the land was cleared of rubble erased from the map and mm -hmm. he he asked both of them i don't suppose any of you bothered visiting the memorial i'm gonna gun and say zemo is probably gonna go to the memorial yeah i bet we'll see him at the memorial at some point because that's just too big of a line not to do something with as we're walking up you He's see like, as we're walking up that the support you notice i, I didn't catch it till i went back and watched it again the bucky like looked down real briefly while they're yeah. talking and kept going Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yep. And he said, I'm going to go on a walk. Uh -huh. And he walks back to where they just came from. And the spot he looked down, picked up this little ball that has this symbol on there. Mm -hmm. Did you have any clue what this was at this point? I didn't. I didn't either. I just thought, oh, some kid lost his marble. Yep. Like in, like in, oh, like toodles. in, a, yeah, toodles. That's what I was going to say. He, he really did lose his marbles. Um, and then he sees another one and it's beeping. And there he looks up. He kind of walks into this alley and he's looking around. Did you drop something? <laughs> yep. Yep. And then who do we see? 
Oh, what is her name? You don't remember? I don't remember her name. Uh, I, it's A-Y-O. I-O? I-O? Uh-huh. She is the head of chief of security for Wakanda. Right. For the, for the um, oh, what do they call them? The, uh, Dora Major? Major? What is there? It's, they're the elite unit. Dora Milliger. I can never pronounce it. It's they're the Bad ones ass. with the shaved, yeah, with the shaved heads and mm -hmm. the energy weapons and can basically kick everyone's ass. Yeah. She said in Wakanda, I'm here for Zemo. Mm -hmm. and, and we're remember, on credits. <laughs> and we're on credits. And we remember the White Wolf spent time in Wakanda, so they know him very well. So we know again, foreshadowing from the beginning. Do you think Wakanda's gonna forget? No. And no. here they are. Isn't it amazing how fast they track them down though? Oh yeah. Well they got super awesome technology. They know everything. Like they they got so. yeah. Yeah, that's a good episode. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed that episode. So it was really good. It it it's making me think what's gonna happen in these other episodes because I mean, we know what's going to happen. Yeah, we're at the halfway point. I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we're Carly's going to go bye bye by Zemo's hands. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know what to think at this point. We know Sam's going to get the shield back from Walker at some point. Mm -hmm. But who's going to take up the shield? Who are you rooting for to take up the shield? I would Remember really Bucky. like I'd really like Bucky to take up the shield. Um just because how much it means to him and how they're writing it. I have a feeling it's gonna be Sam. Sam's Captain America costume with a shield is actually pretty awesome too. It still has his wings and everything and yeah. It, it's still awesome too, but it just I think Be Bucky was the better Captain America out of the two. That's just me. We'll see in three episodes, I'm sure. Dun, dun, dun. Well, with that, um, we'll end you with this. We did quite hit the three-hour mark, so you're welcome on that. Mm -hmm. We got close. Wait till we wait till we get some sleep again. Yeah, yeah this is running on fumes. Uh, yeah, me too. So, uh, join us again. We'll release this. We'll release this on Monday, and the next week we'll release another one because um, we, Colin and I, got to build up some episodes back in the bank again. Mm -hmm. Um. But we'll do that, and then we will do probably do a Nerky next weekend, or not a Nerky, yeah. um, uh, Nerdrum. Yeah. Even though we'll this is Nerky. Yeah, I think so, we should. Yep. Yeah. So since we're releasing these next two ones as regular episodes, so, uh, with that, thank you all for listening to Every Man's Guide to Nerdum. I'm Chris, and I'm Kyle, and be sure you guys check out. All the info down in the bio, uh, join the Discord, join in the discussion that we're having with the community on not just this, on all the other topics that we cover and topics that we haven't covered yet. Uh, a lot of people with a lot of varied interests and a lot of interests that overlap, so you'll find uh, some good sources for discussion to have in there. So, yeah, go down there, click on that link, join it, 
um, agree to the rules and become part of the community. Uh, watch for Chris and myself both on Twitch. We'll have links for those down below if you want to see us do something uh, yeah, a little different from what we're doing. Yeah, go check out our down below. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's uh, another dick joke, right? There. <laughs> another dick joke. This one's full of dick jokes. But, uh, click on it. Give us, uh, give us a follow there so you'll know when uh, you'll get the notifications when we go live and, um, hang out with us in chat while we're streaming for some real time interaction. And, you know, we answer questions about the, the podcast while we're doing that too, while we're playing stuff. It's just mm-hmm. not super serious streams. We're laid back. We're enjoying what we're doing. We're not mega competitive about anything we do. We're just like hanging out. And this, that's another outlet for us to hang out with you guys from the community is uh, while we're streaming. So uh, hop in there and enjoy Absolutely. that. And uh, wherever you are, if it's morning, night, enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your evening, be good to each other. And oh, uh, yeah, what he said. Okay, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Have a good one. Nerd Coke, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd Coke, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word. MCs tried to wait.